He, never, he didn't even sit on my lap. I have all this cat hair on my my pants. I'm like, this is You've been marked. This is going in the laundry. <laughs> it's cat life, man. I yeah. guess so. Straight on. So why, that's why Matt can't be here. This is how we keep Matt out. Uh. We record at Kirsten's, <laughs> and, and we don't have to worry about Matt on the show. There you go. I just don't know if yeah. Kirsten is ever able to wear black, because <laughs> <laughs> unless he lint rolls every five minutes. Uh, dude, do you see oh. the lint rollers? <laughs> yeah, I see There's them. There's three I, in the one. room. I lint roll as yeah. I step out the door. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense, then. Yeah. I had uh, allergies for the first... Cat allergies, which I never get cat allergies, but I had them for the first time, I think, ever. The other day, because uh, my ex-wife's cat would climb up on my chest and just started rubbing his face all over my face and and like knocked my glasses off a couple of times, and I was like, "Oh, you're too crazy!" And of course, he was purring like a mad dog, and so I was uh, giving cat him cat purring like a mad dog. I, <laughs> that cat mixes metaphors even even more than I do, <laughs> and. Uh, and so I was giving him the old two-handed scratchy scratch on the on the sides, and he was giving him the old two-hander. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I'm pretty sure. And I was I was going to bed when all this is happening. I was like on the verge of two-hander on the cat <laughs> side to side while going to bed. Welcome yeah. to Geek Shock, Carl. <laughs> It has been so long. <laughs> so anyway, so I woke up the next day, and I'm sure it was because I had cat hair and cat dandruff uh, all over my face, all over the pillow all over my hands i just woke up the next day like classic allergy syndromes puffy mm-hmm. eyes yep. sneezing like crazy and i was like i never get allergic to cats but i'm just sure it's because i slept in it yeah. all night long well that and you can develop those later in life too yeah. <laughs> he slept in the cat like a tauntaun he took his cat facial and then he went right to sleep that's right <laughs> Mm. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 593. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Professor Biggs. And Big Black. Welcome back, <laughs> Professor and Big Black. We haven't heard from you in ages. You know, they kept me in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> and probably for good for reason. For good reason. Yeah. <laughs> it is good to see you in the flesh. We are recording once again, all together, same room. It's nice. All vaccinated. All vaccinated. That's the. That's oh the no! Person. That's oh, the person. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I am. Oh, wait. <laughs> that's no. the, we neglected to tell you. <laughs> Forgot about that part, huh? Mm. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, before we go on to what geeky things we did, the book club is reading *The Mirage*, a novel by Matt Ruff. Discussions are happening now. I'm about a fifth of the way through it, which is about as far as I get into books these days, it seems. But I'm still going, and I'm really enjoying it so far. So not Yay. about the hotel casino here in Vegas. Damn right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you, and you don't, nor do you want it to be. Okay. <laughs> or <Yeah>. do I? <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> dun, dun, dun. Gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Carl, I, I, we haven't heard from you in a while. What you been doing? Uh, this week's geeky thing was stepping into Brad's toys to find a wrestling figure. Aha! Uh-huh. Walking out of Brad's toys with a four hundred and some odd dollar Hot Toy Iron Man figure. Oh, wow! Yikes. Wow! I was standing in line and I 
had these Iron Man, regular Iron Man figures in my hand, one for me, one for my kid, and I was like, oh, yeah. Mm. So how much is that? <laughs> this is, I assume behind him or in a case? In a case. Yeah. And I was like, can I take a look at it? And he was like, yeah, sure. And he went to pull it. I was like, well, you might as well get the box for it. It's not going back in there. <laughs> can I look at it? It was a courtesy question. <laughs> it, was, it was, can I have it? Can I have that? Let's go ahead and get that knocked out. And, and the unfortunate thing is, um, for the listeners that don't know, I'm in the process of moving. And this is literally the third hot toy figure to enter the house during the packing <laughs> stage. <laughs> I love it. So I haven't been able to actually open and play with any of them. And to my credit, one of them was the in-game Captain America, nice. which I pre-ordered two years ago oh. and just got. So wow, that wasn't my fault. And <laughs> hot and slow toys. Yeah. And then <laughs> wow. the other one was uh, the Christopher Reeves. Superman hot toy because I couldn't figure out how I didn't own that in my collection. So Are you talking about the one that came in the triangular? Yes, or the, the, the one the with the triangular in the shield box comes oh, with the fortress yeah. uh, thing. Got it for like a hell of a deal from some guy. Well, you know, so. Steve has money now, so um, hey, Steve. I, I, I sort of kind of have money, but yeah, I I found that on eBay for a price that I haven't seen in years, and and I was like. What's wrong with it? And in, in the description, it said, neck might be broken. Might. Oh, I think I saw that one. Yeah. I was, might. Yeah, because people don't know how the pegs in the neck work. And so there's usually a ball joint at the top and a ball joint. It, there's a ball joint in the head and a ball, jet, ball joint at the neck. Yeah. And trying to pop the head. Why they pop that head off, I don't know. But popping yeah. the head off, they always mess up the neck one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. so I so when I got it, so I got it for like three hundred so bucks. It. I did. Okay. Well, because it was three hundred bucks, which I that's like almost what they were originally selling it for. And I was like, I'll take a risk on the possible broken neck. And and so I got it and I pulled it out, and sure enough the head fell fell right off. And uh Oh jeez. Yeah, and I was like and so I put it back on and I was like, Well, as long as I I'm not like playing with it playing with it it will stay on and move and stay where i want it to so it might be possibly broken but it it's actually doing the job it's supposed to do so thumbs up 300 bucks hot toy <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to show steve how to do the ebay shopping because i got mine also on ebay new and packaged you can actually smell until it hasn't been touched <laughs> 250 oh oh <laughs> Well, I think we can all learn a lesson. Uh, well, happy birthday, Steve! Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, I, I remember reading something about the neck issue that you're talking about, yeah. and I am surprised to this day that they don't sell replacement like neck ball joints because it would seem like they would make a mint on that. There's tons of third party companies. Oh, do they? Yeah, okay. and one was actually included in the in Package. the box. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you could easily fix it yeah. then. I got you. Okay. Well. Yeah. Never yeah. mind then. Um, they started adding the um, ball joints for. They started adding the ball joints for the hands, extra mm. ones in there. I got one with my Wonder Woman, which didn't matter because her rubber arms split underneath it. I oh don't, no! I have no clue how either. I went to pick her up and put her away, and like her armpits were split open. Oh my! And she hasn't been touched off that shelf since I bought her. 
Well, you know, they can CG that out now. Like, the <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, God. Gal Gadot. <laughs> like, my number two. Anyway, that's all I have. <laughs> that's what you got. Steve, what'd you do this week? Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. I won't talk about Gloomhaven because uh, I'm sure somebody else will. And I won't talk about. Uh... <laughs> Well, please don't talk about that. I won't talk about Are you that. going to tell us all the things you're not going to talk about first? <laughs> yes, uh, because I'm sure somebody else will talk about it. I won't talk about the game over at Matt's. Uh, and then uh, I will talk about the pinball uh, thing because that was something that... <laughs> the 20 minutes we got to yeah, spend there. Yeah, yeah. The 20 minutes in which I did drop seven bucks and realized I'm not just not good at pinballs. <laughs> <laughs> seven bucks in 20 minutes is a bellwether, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. I was, uh, you can ask Kirsten, I was playing next to him and I was, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> more quarters, more quarters. Yeah. Do, 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 do. You would, oh. you would think he was being molested or something. But to be fair, then Kirsten started playing that game, and he was making the same yeah, the noise. creature from the Black Lagoon game. <laughs> oh, that's a fun table. Yeah, nice. but that puppy, that that thing, it's fixed. It's got a channel directly down the yep. center, right between the flippers. And that's obviously built into it because the digital version of that is in Pinball FX3. Yeah. And it has the same problem. Yeah. yeah. So it just, it, it's it obviously part of that machine. Shoots them right between the flippers. I, I like to just find the point out that I play the digital pinball games and I only play them because every time I log on and I'm like, oh, I wonder her. This looks cool. Who played? Oh, Master Targo, huh? All right, I'm going to buy this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't caught his score yet no, on any no. table. Haven't got like, 300 million points. Or, but I'll be damned yeah. if I don't try every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then, and so yeah, so pinball, and, and the new place is fantastic. The new place is really nice. It, does it have air conditioning? Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. And the first it, one and, doesn't, I'm sorry. And huge, like really high ceiling. So even if it didn't have air conditioning, all the hot air would go like 30 feet over your head. Yeah. Okay. It, it was actually downright chilly in there the day we were there. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't usually feel that much about a building that size. It's like, wow, this thing is massive and I'm actually chilled because of the AC working so well. I hope yeah. that doesn't uh, prove, go away. <laughs> prove his undoing. Right. Yeah. It seems like that's going that would be the major expense if you see well, going to have one. And and with all of those machines generating all that heat, I was impressed because you have to have a really good air handling system to compensate for body heat, electronics heat, and still have it be that chilly in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, well, like I said, I'm pretty sure the high ceilings help a lot. Right. You're so, probably right. Yeah. Now with this one, do they have um regular arcade games as well or just Yes, some. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But really, the, the the focus has always been on on pinball. But he does have. I dropped a few uh, quarters in uh, Gauntlet. Yeah. Okay. I did the same thing with Tron. <laughs> I was like, oh, Tron was a game I actually got good at because we had it in the movie theater I worked at, <laughs> and our manager would come by, open it up, and go, do 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 do. Okay, there's 99 games in there. Damn. It was being like a slow night, and so we. That's a benefit right there. Yeah. So I got I got good at the first few levels of Tron. I have apparently forgotten everything I knew. <laughs> uh, the grid bugs take you out. Yeah, uh, grid bugs in the CPU. Yeah, all the stuff that, in the light cycles, which I used to be really good at. Uh, they oh, just took me right out. age sets in and those reflexes go. That was when I was never good at. Yeah, at all. Tron. <laughs> me neither. Tron yeah. And let's see. Uh, we watched. Uh, 
Uh, well, let's see. The thing that I did by myself, I have started rereading the first Wild Cards book. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because I read, the, of course, the original back in the mid-'80s, but when they relaunched the series in 2010, they added some stories into the first one, which I never read. And and so it's been really fun reconnecting with that universe and and with some of the some of the additional stories and stuff and you know kind of heartbreaking too some of the stories but mm-hmm. so that's been fun that's been fun reconnecting with that online I just got a got a wild hair and Uh-oh. I was like I wonder if those if there's an if if these stories are in print when I was in high school. And I was I was at the beginnings of my major Sherlock Holmes phase. There was a writer named Robert L. Fish who wrote a, a series of parody stories about Sherlock Holmes uh, and his companion Doctor Watney and his brother Chris Croft Holmes and uh, and Inspector Balustrade. That and sounds I'll, really familiar. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. And uh, and I was like, I wonder I wonder if I could find those books. And you can the originals. Uh, in hardback are going for like a hundred and some odd dollars, but they did do a reissue in the nineties, and I was able to pick up the the complete Schlock Holmes for like twenty five bucks. Mm. Read it in high school. That's why it's familiar. When yes. they redid it in the nineties, I think yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, and I'm not sure that it is the complete Schlock Holmes. Oh, because because the one joke, actually the two jokes that I remember is one was a title of one of the stories called the sound of the basketballs <laughs> and that that right and that does not appear in this short story thing it's like a damn robert aspirin novel yeah really, yeah really. and and so i'm like i'm like okay was that the actual title of a short story or was that a throwaway gag in the in one of the other stories and now i can't remember but but my gut is telling me that actually was a story or i wouldn't have remembered it this long uh, the other one was in one of the short stories. Watney's amazed that Holmes comes out in in his in this old lady disguise, and he's fully a foot shorter. And he makes a comment, and Holmes says, "Oh, special shoes." <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't started re- rereading that yet, but I was I was like, "Yay, I found that thing from childhood." <laughs> and then, do you want to talk about she or? Uh, about maybe, she, they, you know, you or me, both, whichever. Well, I want to know what club that was that you went to. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was here at the house, and yeah. she came over <laughs> twice. <laughs> oh, twice. Oh my! <laughs> Wait, you watched it twice? A version of it twice. A version. Yeah. yeah. So there. Oh, okay. First off, tell me what is she? Yeah. Okay. She is originally a novel by H. Ryder Haggard, and it's one of the very first sort of the seminal you know, lost civilization stories. Uh, it takes place in Africa. Uh, it's some explorers, one of whom in the novel, as I was going through the Wikipedia page, because neither one of the film versions that we watched was like completely true to the source material. Um, one of the characters, uh, uncle or grandfather, something, uh, comes to him mysteriously and says, I'm about to die. This is yours. And, Basically, there's a treasure map, and then they find this lost, uh, lost Roman city in the in the deserts of Africa, and it's ruled by she who must be obeyed, and uh, and he and he apparently is fulfilling a prophecy of of this Greek Greek explorer. Anyway, who is 
supposed to come back to her, supposed to be this reincarnation of this of this thing. And of course, zany antics ensue. So I was aware of the 1965 uh, Hammer film version of it with Ursula Andress and Peter Cushing and um, and uh, Christopher Lee uh, and everything and John Richardson, John Richardson, whom, whom is his other famous movie he was in is he was Raquel Welch's caveman boyfriend in uh, One Million Years BC. Um, he is his hair is like completely uh, bleached out blonde and it's just like the whole time I was looking at it going that that cannot possibly be his real hair color and then they dyed it dark brown or black for one million years BC and I, I was for like the first five or ten minutes I was like is this his real hair color? He or? kept going on about it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so, so that tells me how entertaining the movie is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that was the entertaining movie. Oh, my, oh my. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so so Kirsten bought the 84, Five. 85 version with Sandal Bergman, which is which is inspired by she, by H. Ryder Haggard, yeah. has nothing to do <laughs> with that story like at all except maybe this thing of a rejuvenation pool yeah but otherwise it's a post-apocalyptic thing with with uh football pad wearing nazis and like all these different like clumps of civilization yeah. it's almost like a this is Zardoz, uh, maybe a little uh, Mad Max, uh, Clockwork Orange. Then with uh, and not not Road Warrior, the first Mad Max. Ooh. You know, <laughs> yeah. so it's just they don't have enough budget for the war- Road yeah, Warrior. And, yeah, and, and oh, budget. Yeah, yeah. No, they, there's they, zero budget. They blew this. most of their budget because one of these one of the s- communities they go to is sort of. Uh, sort of communism slash evangelical religion smashed together. And so there are poster pictures of the leader of the community all over the place. And Steve and I are pretty sure they blew most of their budget <laughs> making those posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's this guardian of a bridge who is doing the worst Robin Williams impression. Oh, my. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like, what, what is the reason for this? What, this guy is obviously trying to channel Robin Williams. For what reason? I have no idea. But he's all, oh, 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 and making all these pop culture references and all this kind of stuff. Doing all these voices and and, and being like, trying to be a mischievous imp guarding the bridge as opposed to like some ominous presence. Yeah. Well, it goes into like Popeye impressions and Groucho Marx and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, and, and of course the trick on him is if you cut off a body part, it regenerates a whole person. So then, so he keeps multiplying. So a, a, a quick troll, <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and it was literally just like. By the time we got to the end of it, it's like that wasn't even like a so bad it's good thing. It it was just bad. Yeah. Oh my. And so I got curious, and I told him about the hammer version, and I was like, I was like, let's see what they got. Oh, so, you know, there was nowhere streaming. But Amazon had the DVD for ten bucks, and I, and it would have gotten here in two days. And I was like, okay, I'm pulling the trigger on that. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so I want to be sure. 
you each bought this movie in different forms. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Moving on. All right. So you, you bought it. Yeah. So it it's definitely a, a hammer joint. Um, it's it's much better. I mean, again, no nobody with the exception maybe of Peter Cushing, who's you know he's almost always good, even when he's in even when he's slumming. Um, but the the worst the worst actor in the sixty five version of she was better than the best actor in yeah. the in the eighty five version. Yeah, that's that's the difference, and it was truer to the source material. It did take place in Africa. It had it had followed basically the same story. The setup was a little different. Um, it was a post World War One, you know, soldiers thinking about going back and going, I don't know if I do want to go back, blah, blah, blah. And then mysterious stranger uh, knocks, you know, knocks the guy, the knocks, reincarnation guy out. And, knocks him over the head. And then kidnaps uh, him. Yeah. And, but then lets him go after, after she says, you will come to me, gives him a map and gives him a ring and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that's it, right. was, it was okay. And certainly, like I say, it was, Heads and t- I mean the other one shouldn't even exist. <laughs> okay, so what what got into your minds to have a she fest in the first place? I got the movie because Sandal Bergman was in it, okay. and it was a post apocalyptic fantasy, which is a genre Sandal I like. Bergman is his post apocalyptic fantasy? <laughs> He's leaving that part out. <laughs> and it, um, you know, and I like the genre, even though you know it, um, it, it almost always never has a good execution. So, um, and it's Sandal Bergman, you know? I mean, she, she, she was a kick-ass Valeria in Conan. So I figured, so it was on the sort of looking for the so bad it's good type of thing. It's like, how bad could it be? Woof. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's terrible when a bad movie isn't bad enough to be entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it just, it, it really, it really, it, it was sadly, one. I felt bad for her. Yeah, you know, being in that. Yeah, she so. got paid. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe it's a paycheck. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, oh, you're right. Because, this is '85. So yeah, you're, and, you're and, right. and it was a Golden Globus joint. <laughs> oh, so maybe yeah. she got paid. She might not have got paid at all. Yeah, but, yeah. But literally, at one point, I was like, God, the casting on this thing must have been. Oh, I almost believe you. You're out next. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is that kind of it for me that I didn't share the experience with somebody else in the room? I think that's it. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Probably. Well, I did uh, a, a movie night with with Todd and, or excuse me, with uh, with Kirsten and. Steve. Wait, wait, wait! Did you watch She as well? No, we watched uh, The Man Who Would Be King. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Connery and. Uh, I, I I smell Steve all over this. <laughs> <laughs> I did not remember much of that movie at all, so it was almost completely new to me. I, I, I remembered that it existed, but as we started watching it, I'm like, I don't remember any of this. So I just sat back and watched... Uh, uh, the The banter between the two of them is just fantastic. Con- Sean Connery so, yes, and Michael Caine. Con- yes, thank you. Uh, Connery and Michael Caine. I, I just realized I neglected to mention Michael Caine's name in there. Of all people, Jeff. Of all people, Michael Caine, I didn't mention. Yes, um, of course. But the banter between them both is is hysterical through the whole movie. It's uh, very interesting. They're great. Um, They're great. 
Unrecognizable and, uh, Christopher yeah. Plummer. Christopher, yeah. Oh. Well, it was a, such a young Christopher Plummer, and the the mustache that he had completely threw me. Like at first, I'm like staring at him, going like, he looks familiar. It's like, is that Christopher Plummer? I, I yeah. know that nose. <laughs> yeah. I recognize that nose from somewhere. But uh, but yeah, it was a fun, entertaining movie. Um, definitely one of those movies where the moral is, you know. Don't become so full of yourself that you miss out on <laughs> your yeah. opportunities. Yeah, really. It's like everybody wants to take it too far. Based and, on a Kipling tale. Yeah. And it's actually, it's not quite, but kind of, sort of like a lost civilization mm-hmm. story. So, because mm-hmm. the fast, yeah. yeah, the fascinating thing watching it was like, there are so many points where they could have taken the treasure, ducked out, and lived as wealthy men. But uh, in fact, Kane actually tries. Kane's character tries to do to to jet out, but his loyalty to his friend, who is now getting married, you know, the one that that is definitely taking it too far. Connery's character, he's you know, he's asking him to stick around and see his, him get married, and he goes, "Okay," and <laughs> oops, yep, that was the oops moment. Yeah, that was great fun. Uh, but probably the geekiest thing I did was uh, watch the uh, the premiere of uh, Loki. On Disney ah, Plus. Oh yeah. No spoilers yet. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't gonna do any spoilers, but he's I, alive. I am very <laughs> intrigued with what they're going to do with this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great because at the end the credits rolled, the music played. Mm. Excuse me, I need my machete for a second. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know me with anything time travel related, and I'm I'm fascinated with the in just one episode the world building that they have done. They made it fucking interesting. Yeah, I it, was not the least bit. In, I mean, I, it's not like I was like, "Oh fuck this, I'm not going to watch it." Yeah. But I wasn't energized. I wasn't excited to see it. Yeah. And that one episode yes. got me going. That is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Because sometimes I'll be watching something that I'm interested in, but I'll get you know distracted by something on my phone. Like I'll get a text message, or sometimes I just you know I'll play a, a mindless game and and keep watching this was one where i literally put everything down i was just so intrigued with what they were going to do with this and then the way they left it so that you you have an idea of what's coming in the following episodes at the same time you have no idea what's coming in the same in the the, the future episodes yeah. so it just it really gripped me and uh, i'm excited to see where they go with the series loki taught me that i'm a fish yeah <laughs> because they put the bait on the hook proper for me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i i was kind of the previews made me kind of excited to see it but at the same time like eh, falcon winter soldier i had a little i wasn't as into that so i'm like okay i'm tempered a little bit but nope first episode i am as in probably more than i ever was for wandavision even and i love wandavision mm-hmm. yeah just because it has that perfect match of mystery and whimsy in the tone yes. that is so rare to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And Loki is one of those characters that I didn't care that much for when they introduced him, but by the end of the Marvel movies, I loved him. Yeah, he yeah. had a great character arc in the movies, um, you know, somewhat redeemed towards the end of, uh, you know, uh, Infinity War. But, yeah, overall, it's like, is this it? well? And 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 finding out later on also that that Feige had essentially had they had plans in the writers' room to not bring him back after like the second sequel, but because he became such a fan favorite and a writer favorite, 
you know, the material that they could write for him, they kept bringing him back and kept bringing him back, kept bringing him back. And they found such a clever way to make this show. Yeah. The baseline of its story work. Exactly. And I mean, even, even, uh, even, uh, he thought he was done with the character after Infinity War, because I mean, he barely appears in Endgame. But he thought he was done, and then they're like, "Hey, so we have this idea for this this <laughs> series that we're going to be putting on Disney Plus." And he's like, "I'm listening," and it's he's very, apparently very excited about the the series as well. So it's a very short series. Yes, yeah. what's what five episodes? Oh, is it I'm only not five? sure. Six I think it's total. six. Six. Okay. I think yeah. it's yeah, still. I think it is. Are six. they hour long episodes? The first, the first one was fifty two. I don't know. I can't because <laughs> WandaVision did that too. You'd have some episodes that were like fifty minutes plus long, and then some episodes that were like thirty four minutes, right. etc. I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier definitely did. Wasn't it the final episode that was only like thirty four minutes long, and you're just like, okay, yeah. like every quick. other episode was, yeah, much longer. Yeah, the final episode of Winter, Winter Soldier was the last season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, felt really truncated. Yes, did. But uh, yeah. Did anything else you did this week? Uh, that was the that was the geekiest thing. That's a proper thing. Yeah. It's a good geek. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, Earth Defense Force 5 flip me off one more time. Oh, no. <laughs> Again? Uh, it did. It did. Because it set, back, my huh? ex- it set my expectations, and then it smacked me and said, nope. Fuck you, your expectations were wrong once again. Uh, when we last left the game, uh, I had finished, uh, I think it was close to 50, 50, or it was 50 scenarios in the game, and then it gave me the trophy that I'd only completed 5% of the game. <laughs> once I decided to beat the game, so I'm like, well, shit, it doesn't have 100 scenarios, it has 1,000. Well, fuck me, here we go. Uh, oh boy. Last night I beat the game. Really? At scenario 120. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, the percentage of game that it's telling you you've beaten is everything the game has to offer, meaning all the character classes, of which there are four, with every single difficulty, and there's five difficulty levels. So all that, plus probably some little extra things in there, too. So when I said I beat 5% of the game, that's including every possible thing you could do in the game with every character. What system are you playing this on? This is on PS4. I want you to go home tonight. Oh, yeah? Pull up that trophy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want you to tell me what that percentage of how many people have completed that trophy says. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... You know what? That I'm now curious now that you've got that up. 0.01%. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did get the, the, the 10% thing. I go, oh, you hit 10%. I'm like, because it was soon after I was 100. I was like, okay, obviously on track. Let's go. That, and then it was like, all, all of a sudden, there's a like big mothership, and it was a, it was fun, a great, fun battle. The battles in the game are so good, especially when you d- deal with big things, big aliens, big monsters, big ships. Great. Uh, and then the, the ship pulled apart, and there was a god being on the inside. And I'm like, oh, fuck, where's the story going now? Apparently, that was the final boss. <laughs> <laughs> And it gave me an, a nice text thing. And I've never had a game, I think, end this dire. <laughs> because, I mean, as you go into the course of the game, that's why I thought it was, it was going to make good on the Thousand Promise. Sure. Because 100 in, humanity is almost wiped out at this point. And, and, and so you're, you're, there's this ragtag groups of people holding out against this alien force. And then you beat the final boss and it says... 
the, the earth has been saved, but only 10% of the population is left. Everything has gone back to the dark ages. It is a time of strife and plunder. <laughs> what the hell did I go through all this for? <laughs> and, and then a little flower pops up in the corner, but there is hope because the... The, the 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 promise of the EDF still lives on. I'm like, fuck you, ending. No, it means there's hope that you're gonna buy our next game. <laughs> and you know what? I will. <laughs> there will be an EDF six, Earth Defense Force six. That of course I will happen because three. it's a Koei game, and Koei spits out oh all kinds. Yeah, that, that sequel after sequel forever. In fact, they probably have another version of this on its way, like five alpha beta or something. Koei still owes me another Godzilla game. Yes, okay. they do. <laughs> yes, they do. I need, I need some new Zilla. <laughs> All right, I, I'm seeing here Conquest 100%. Main story total completion rate has reached 100%. 4.52%. That's actually impressive. <laughs> that ultra, is higher than ultra I thought. Rare. 100%. And, that's yeah. impressive. All complete, all trophies... 4.16% ultra rare. And 90% of those people, that's the only game they have on the PlayStation that they ever have played in their Maybe, life. And have yeah, never been yeah. allowed out yeah. of their basement. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there's a, there's a sh- shitload of trophies here, yeah. It's a trophy life, man. <laughs> man, you know, talk about, talk about participation. It's like, Oh, you did 10%. Get a trophy. You did 15%. Do you know what 10% is in that game? (laughs) (laughs) So it's sent back to Gamefly. Send me something good, Gamefly. That was a lot of fun. As much as I bag on that game, I can't reiterate, I haven't had this much fun with a game in a while. Mindless, giant monster combat. It's stupid. It's voiced horribly, and I love it so much. It's the so bad it's good thing. It it works. I I envy you for playing it, man. I couldn't get past number three. I was like, um, all these damn insect-looking things. You know what? I remember three, and I sent back three pretty quick. Uh, I don't know what it was about three and, frankly, four that I didn't care for, but for something in five worked for me. I know what it is. What's that? It's the trophy you've completed five percent of the game that's apparently what they need to bait the hook no that was okay. a, that was a fucking insult is what that was okay. full, full disclaimer here not only am i a trophy hunter but i stalk certain friends online to see where they are in their trophies <laughs> yes god yeah. <laughs> that's funny that's remember very, when very i funny. mentioned the pinball thing indeed <laughs> my trophies are on full display everyone go for it yeah Oh, I have more than him. I'm fine. And I (laughs) true. And and Barry is on my ass because I have not started the medieval madness uh, tournament yet. Uh, Barry, I promise it's coming. It'll come this week. Lies. I get the same thing. (laughs) This trophy thing. I get the same thing with eye stripper. So. (laughs) (laughs) I did. uh, uh, My wife and I watched Conjuring. The devil made me do it. We are fans of the series. Okay. Not a fan of the actual people. Uh, The. The Conjuring films, I love them so much. I think they're well-designed. It's it's two uh, supernatural superheroes going out clearing haunted houses, and it's fun. Uh, the, the real couple in real life, pieces of shit con artists. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Assholes, and I have... I don't believe in hell, but may they burn in it. But... Uh, I have loved the Conjuring movies. This third one, still enjoyed it, but I didn't like it as much. And I think it's because they are purposely straying from the Haunted House formula. 
I could see how some people see that as dated, but that's what I love about those. I think they do those really well and create some really neat, memorable villains in it, Annabelle being one of them, mm-hmm. which, of course, spun off, spun off into its own series. The Nun was another one, and then there was the, the toy creature that was in the upstairs in that second film. Uh, this one was still fun. Don't get me wrong. It still had its moments, uh, but I, I do feel a little, lost a little something because of it. Now, uh, John Noble is in it, and John Noble can do no wrong. That man is a fantastic <laughs> actor. He was great. Didn't have a huge part, but you know he shines in everything he does. Uh, would I recommend it for Conjuring fans? Yes. Again, it's you know it's just a half step down for me. It's still a good movie, um, and the, I hope they're going to make more. There's kind of a uh, I'm sure they will. This is I'm sure is doing fine for them. Uh, but there's a uh, theory right now based on interviews with the uh, the writer and so on that the next one's going to kind of tackle the satanic panic of the 80s, mm. which if I'll watch anything involving the satanic panic, even knowing the Conjuring universe is going to make it as if it were real. <laughs> um, and that's fine. That's what it is. Conjuring is a fictionalized version of shitty real life things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shitty real life fake things. Now, would you recommend the third movie for someone that hasn't watched any of them? No, uh, watch the first two, uh, and I definitely recommend those. Okay. Uh, don't start with the third one. Uh, it's not that you can't go into it. I mean, Dude, HBO Max just keeps pimping it in my face. Of course, <laughs> it's, it's in the theaters now. That's what HBO Max is doing. You know, it's watching the theaters or on HBO Max. Buy our stint. Okay, so. But no, if you're going to watch The Conjuring, watch the first one, watch the second one, definitely. And then if you like the characters, watch the third. Because the actors who portray those characters do a wonderful job. Okay. They're, 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 they make a, a sweet, uh, loving couple that, that feeds off of each other. Uh, and, and, and the chemistry between those two actors is great. Yeah. So that's what really makes it work. And I, I did uh, watch a, a goofy fun space opera on netflix out of south korea with a horrible horrible name called space sweepers i'm watching this now oh (laughs) it's been in my queue for so long i I keep forgetting about it take firefly add a bit of the tone of fifth element and stick it in there with uh uh, what's that blomkamp blomkamp joint with the rich people in the sky uh, Elysium? Elysium. Yeah. Uh, so take those together, mush them up, and uh, and add some fart jokes, and you have Space Sweepers. Ooh, fart jokes, I'm in. <laughs> Soul. Inherently it, funny. It is a South Korean sci-fi space opera epic. The, the effects in this are great. I mean, top-notch, like, close to ILM kind of great as far as... I. Even when it's, it does feel like a South Korean sci-fi picture. If you've seen some of those, so it does have a, a camp level to it and an interesting acting style every now and then. <laughs> and the white actors that they have hired in South Korea to be background characters are terrible, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrible. But they did hire the actor that played Thor Oakenshield in the uh, Hobbit movies. Thorin Oakenshield, excuse me, uh, to be the villain of this. And he does a fine job chewing scenery. Nice. He's, he's obviously enjoying himself. But man, whenever there is any other white actor in this thing that is, I'm going to tell you right I now. Know where, if, I know where the work is. Dude, <laughs> I am not kidding you. If you 
are if you have been told by your acting teacher that you are shit and you have no business entering the acting business in your life move to south korea because there's <laughs> obviously work for you in plenty of pictures because man are they are they speaking uh, Korean or English? English. Or? That's that's another crazy thing about oh, this movie not is everybody everybody is speaking in their own language because they're from different different countries going up into space. It, it mm. almost it almost has that battle beyond the stars feel as far as that kind of thing goes. Uh, but everyone's talking their own language because they have little translators in their ear, and the movie has them speaking in their own language. So the French people speak in French. The uh, Russian people speak in Russian, Spanish people. Uh, nice way to tackle that. Yeah, uh, Spaniards speak in uh, Spanish, and Koreans, of course, speak in Korean, and the English and American speak in English. And so it's a neat little way of doing it. But subtitled movie, then it is definitely subtitled. Okay, definitely turn on those subtitles. Uh, in fact, some of the speaking was so low when I realized they were doing it, I had to turn on the like super closed captioning, which tells you all the sound effects too, mm. just to understand what some of the people are saying. Wow. <laughs> but it is, it's got that ragtag group of individuals who are coming together. The whole idea is that the rich people have moved out into space, Earth is no longer habitable, and uh, people in between are like basically illegal aliens to space are working as space junkers, basically hauling in that junk that's moving you know, three times as, as fast as a speeding bullet and busting through things in space, stopping those things and hauling them in and selling them as junk. That's how it starts, until they find out that there is a young Korean-looking girl out there that is actually a, a robot with a bomb in it. Mm-hmm. And they decide to go find that and sell it. And so, sell it <laughs> to the highest bidder, whether it's the government or terrorists. I am sold. Mm. It's it's the it has of course its own. The crew has its own robot. Uh, think think C three PO. If C three PO was a dangerous cynic, <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it's don't it get it fall, falls flat every now and then on the acting like i said especially with the background actors but the overall arcing story is fun and the finale i thought was really impressive and it went in kind of a dark place i didn't expect it to uh for one character one one main character has a has a thoroughfare that did not end the way i thought it was going to do and so that impressed me overall though it was a feel-good movie so space sweepers on netflix if you don't mind uh turning on your captioning <laughs> and then of course there was gloomhaven this week but we sp- we spent pl- so much time talking about gloomhaven who has anything new to say about that yeah really what gloomhaven <laughs> but you had your chance steve you, you didn't you I, want I, gloomhaven. Yes, I didn't you yeah. declined all right my my steve tra- what was it like to play gloomhaven oh well first i had the trauma of ripping up a card <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe the game actually makes you destroy those cards that's yeah. fine I, the game doesn't. I do. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and Todd loves it. He loves watching your agony as you destroy his game. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually what he said. He goes, "I paid good money for this game. Rip that card." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have so many questions. Uh, uh, there, there are cards in the game that are like a one use only, and then when you use them, you remove them. From and the it's game. a legacy game. Yeah. It's a heavy legacy game. So. 
your characters progress, the story progresses, all this kind of stuff. Okay, first question. Are there replacement packs that you're able to buy out there? Because it sounds like a one-and-done game. You're exactly right. It's a one-and-done game. Oh, hell no. But, uh, but, 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 Carl, we, I don't know if we've even gotten our 5% trophy yet. <laughs> so. This game has two to 400 hours in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, so once you're done playing, you ain't never going back. There's yeah. No, yeah, there's really no need to. So if you guys haven't got your 5%, does that mean Andy's never going to get a trophy <laughs> at oh. all? Oh. Oh. Legacy games are an ongoing campaign with a game state that you can't go back on. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they they actually threw... I said, I said, they said, well, here's what's available to you, and then... And one of them was Tinkerer, and I go, well, I actually kind of like that. Tink- if I can't be one of the tank characters, I, you know, they go, oh, that's Andy's character, and I was like, <sighs> and I was like, go ahead, play it. Sorry, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. It'll advance it for Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead, uh, I created Mr. John Wayne Deb Laird of Berryburg. <laughs> Burg, a-, a sorceress. Uh, yes, yes, a, a spell weaver. Yes. Yeah. Orchid spell weaver. Woohoo spell weaver. <laughs> anyway, so that was fun. And and again I had never played it and I was like I got these move cards and and my and the character was quick on the draw and everything. So there were a couple of times like, Well, I I'll Okay, I can make it to the door. I'll go to the door and then my character stopped at the door. That's how <laughs> and these guys are like well, that kind of gets in the way of what I was yeah. going to do. And you're, in, you're in the you're in the front, Steve. Do you want to be in the front? <laughs> oh, and my character was swish, squishy, very squishy. Oh yeah, seven seven hit points. <laughs> and, and For some reason, Steve decided he was going to play a tank that day. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Well, I can do this," and he gets in the middle of all the enemies. All right, and he takes out one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, one of the things was immobilize, and that was one of the ones I didn't have to, you know, throw away. It just got discarded and got reshuffled in without having to use the card that says you regain all your cards. And so, it, its thing was you you get adjacent to them, and then you can immobilize them. But if you don't immobilize them, then they just start beating on you. Yeah. <laughs> even if they're even if they're immobilized, they're going to stand where they are and, and beat, beat the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think I want to play that card anymore. <laughs> Especially after I, after I used both my heal cards and it barely brought me back up to the seven. Part of the fun of Gloomhaven is the game and other players ruining your own plans. <laughs> and it's got that robo-rallyness about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of times when I was like, uh, well, I can heal, but I'm still out of range to actually hit anything. I can just live and, a little longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Todd was all, Welcome to Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Kirsten and I, for those who follow what Gloomhaven is, uh, we did retire our characters. Yeah. At the same time. That was amazing. It's that unexpected, a fun surprise. Mm-hmm. We have since opened up our new characters. We won't discuss them here because those who haven't played Gloomhaven, opening up those boxes and the secrets inside is a, a big part of the fun. So we, I don't want to spoil that fun for you that... Uh, as to what characters we opened up, but we're very happy so far with what we've seen. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because we, we haven't put together our decks or leveled them up properly, so next game, we, we will truly mm-hmm. get into these new characters. Yeah, I'm I, the only thing I'm disappointed in is Jeffrey uh, Conkle revealed that the character 
I retired had a solo quest that apparently opens up an awesome weapon. Ah. And I never took the solo quest because it's like, well, Todd made the trouble to come over here and bring his stuff. I'm not going to solo quest. <laughs> you know, so, so, but that's, and I'd kind of then forgotten that they had solo quests. Yeah, so did I. It's like, mm-hmm. What, what's next on our Gloomhaven life? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so that that was that was actually fun. Yeah. I also ran a D&D game for the, the group, uh, like the second time we got together. And because uh, Steve was visiting, I went ahead and did a little something different. So I tried to strip down. Did you? That is fit. different. Strip D&D? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and every time. And, and Matt kept rolling ones. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. That was hilarious. Yeah, he, he just, it was. So he was naked. Yeah, he was, he was, he was hanging in the breeze. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and I just did a, and it was funny because I decided to do like a, there's a neat little, um, there's a game called Metamorphosis Alpha, which is an old game that led into the old Gamma World game. And Metamorphosis Alpha is based on a couple of 1970s science fiction stories about colony ships that are racing to go to the new, and they're generation colony ships who have forgotten their purpose mm. and actually kind of, they, they've become their own world. Uh, they don't even realize they're on a ship necessarily. And that's how I was playing it. And I had planned on just slowly revealing to the gang that, um, that, uh, they were on a ship and everything and uh i mean we did so much catch up and talking in like six hours we we did two encounters oh <laughs> and and we didn't get very far but i managed to actually attack them with the cannibal children um and and the uh, feral turducken so yes. <laughs> Wow, this does feel very gamma world. Yeah, so so I did manage I did manage to do that. Yeah. So and they were slowly slowly getting better. You know, at one point, uh, Matt was like, "God, I want to get that guy." There, there was one uh, one of the children was uh, hitting them with a uh, sling using these uh, ping pong ball sized ball bearings. Ouch! And they were doing so much damage, more damage than the little bits of concrete Matt's character had. He was just like, I want that, I want that bag of ball bearings so bad. I want to get those. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's what I'm shooting for. And unfortunately, that was like the last encounter. So, <laughs> yeah. but we, yeah, they were slowly getting better equipment and everything, and then we would have moved on. But yeah, we ended up talking a lot. Yeah. So, But Matt and I also... Uh, Voice the children with man oh. baby voices. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus. You know that Yeah, you're gonna get it. You and Kathleen Kennedy both. Yeah, that was great. It was great because because one one just like lands on Matt and plants its fangs in him, and then is hanging off him for like three or four rounds. Because Matt keeps uh, keeps whiffing and rolling ones and can't get the damned cannibal child off of his neck and stuff. So. This is what you get for liking Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that was a fun little bit. It was really funny, too, because I I tried to make their their home settlement like communism. If communism went on for a couple hundred years, so so it was was things like uh, they had, they, there were pet phrases that people kept saying, you know, religion is evil. Amen. <laughs> you know, you know, stuff like that, you know. In the name, in the name of the people, the power, and the sacred intelligence, Amen. And 
and uh, you can carry only what you can hold on to your back. And that was the whole premise why they wanted to go out and explore, because that's when you get good stuff, because the committee just, you know, doesn't, typically doesn't judge you get good stuff when you're, you know, back at the settlement. So, so I had a little fun with that, and yeah, so it was, you know, it was short. And then, of course, there was a Steve, uh, Steve Honored Andy, yeah. By uh, when the uh, when Meg knocked uh, his uh, oh, no. his drink out of his hand and just spilled green tea all over the freshly mopped floor. Oh. <laughs> so, so the freshly mopped floor. It was really funny. They, eventually, we hit a point. We, we hit a point when Matt would go, "Really, Steve?" And Paulette was just like, "I'm I'm not even going to turn around." Yeah, Steve. That, dro- that was the biggest mess. Uh, was, was Meg <laughs> knocking that out? Of and me. Steve comes in. He's all triumph. Hey, how is everybody? And Meg just comes up behind him and boom! Yeah, <laughs> just like no, like I was holding it in this hand. Nobody can, can hear you, Steve. Steve. Not- Mike. Oh, I was holding. It, <laughs> I was holding it in my left hand, and Meg came and like hit the bottom of the thing. You know, like and it just right out of my boom, hand. Boom! <laughs> and it hit, and the top flew off, and everything splattered. Yeah. Yeah. Now the good news is, even I mean, it looked like a huge mess, but thank God I actually drunk it down to about here. Uh, yeah, there, about yeah, right, right, about for the, the viewers about at the, home, the, right the about third here. of the way, yeah. <laughs> where everybody can see it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> about halfway down. So the, it it could have been an even bigger mess. Yeah, but and that threw me so much that I didn't even realize that they'd actually bought like Superman birthday plates and anything like that. <laughs> They had like yeah. they had to like say so. Here it's your birthday in a couple of days ago. Yeah, Monday as a matter of fact. Like, uh huh. And they're like holding this little birthday balloon. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, and it was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you use that paper plate. You couldn't use this. One? I was like, oh, oh boy, this yeah, is how dumb boy. I am. Today. This is <laughs> worst party ever. Yeah. But Meg was fun. She's a big old goofball. Yeah. So really a crazy dog. I got a question for you guys, because um, I. Don't get the chance to play many of the games, but I follow like I follow everything Kirsten does. So I follow what you do for video games. <laughs> follow what Kirsten does for vi- for board games. Do you guys play games that are just single player games? Because I bought it's okay. I don't think the word "buy" is what I want to go with. Um, I did the Kickstarter for the Dark Knight Returns mm. Um, mm. game that should be shipping in August, I think. But it's a single player card game. Wow. Okay. Oh. And I'm really in inter- I'm curious how it is because I'm curious too. <laughs> well, I only went for it because I'm moving away from all you guys, so I don't know <laughs> what the game would. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, so I take it you guys have not done those kind of games. Not uh, not too much. Have not done them too much, but that actually sounds interesting. I've done games that can be played solo but aren't necessarily that's their intent of design. Okay. Um, games like uh, uh, Terraforming Mars, the yeah. actual board game of itself. There's a d- digital video game version that does a good job of doing recreating. I've only that. seen the board games, so. right? Uh, but the board game itself has a single player mode to it. Uh, Gloomhaven can definitely be played with one player. Okay. Uh, the only reason I haven't is out of deference to my other players. I, just, I don't feel like I sh- should be allowed to 
level up my guy while they can't. So. I know that would be really fucking rude <laughs> if somebody was playing and you know he couldn't level up his character while everyone else is leveling up and retiring and shit. Andy, you don't want to do Andy, that Andy, to Andy, anybody. Don't want to do that to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> no. I can that hear would, Andy screaming. That in would my, make right, <laughs> that would make distance right now. Ever did that a dick? Oh, total dick move. God damn it. Damn. God, I wouldn't even be friends with him. Yeah. I'm waiting for Andy to come back so I can finally sit down with you guys and play the DC game. I. Went out and bought it because you guys made me super excited. I've gotten damn near all the expansions that oh, gone holy with it. Holy mackerel. And my family won't play with me anymore. What? <laughs> uh, like they've literally banned off saying that no, we don't we don't like to play. Because I will put in all the expansions <laughs> and say, let's do this. That's <laughs> what we do back in California. And so so that whole game mechanic of the game's over when the deck runs up. Never uh-huh. have to worry about Never that. Never have to worry about that again. <laughs> On the other hand, you can end up with your entire deck full of weaknesses so that when you draw your five cards, you're like, Oh, it happens. Often. <laughs> well, Quite often. Uh, your yeah. turn. Yeah, I, I, I'd refuse to play that game too. Uh, <laughs> did you get the Dark Metal uh, expansion? Because Paulette yes. did, and she broke that open, and holy mackerel, that's a good-looking game. Yeah, I got it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I haven't opened it yet. Oh, my God, dude. I have no one to play. Oh, <laughs> we should have had you bring it over. I, the thing is, is the first one I bought was the wrong one. I bought the Rebirth, and mm. I can't uh. figure out the Rebirth for anything. So mm. that thing has been placed back in its box, sitting mm. in a corner somewhere. It can have fun doing what it's doing over there. But <laughs> I've... Oh, we should have had you bring it. I think the only one... Did I get Arrow? The Arrow expansion? I might be missing the Arrow. So, yeah, the little Arrow pack expansion. Yeah. I might be missing. We got a bunch of those. That one. Closet. And I think the only reason I may have not grabbed it is because I was like, oh, well, that's going to look weird with the rest of the set. But then I turned around and bought the Teen Titan to go one. <laughs> so figure that one right. out. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this right now, and I will say this in public. So if Cryptozoic is listening... Oh. The Crisis expansion sucks oh. so bad. Yeah, It takes all the fun out of that game. For me, anyway. Wait, which Crisis expansion? There was a couple of them. Well, this is the one that you can actually pull Crisis cards oh, out of. Oh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. And then you, it screws everyone. The Crisis screws everyone. And the only way you can get rid of the card if you play it. I don't see a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You mean like in the actual crisis? Yeah. It screws everyone? I can't imagine why yeah. they would do that, Steve. But, but, well, but I'm telling you, it, it is not fun. To, for me, anyway. Okay. It's not fun when those things come up and we have to play them. Because half the time you can't get rid of them. Like, you know, it'll do things like um, uh, just before your turn, you have to discard a random card. Or just before your turn, you have to, uh, you can only use three of your five cards i don't see the problem well he's, to defeat it you have to you have to you have to there. get you can only defeat it if you have 159 points in your hand it's like it, it's, it sounds like the game adds chaos i see no problem here yeah <laughs> how dare you how dare you well and and again and the other guys they're like they're like what i must i'm just like i'm just saying my bowels have started internally bleeding it's oh. if you want to keep playing the crisis card you know it's what fine, but i'm just gonna sit here and vomit all night we've got to <laughs> that, steve got me thinking uh actually we we've got to uh sit and brainstorm and and create the DC movie making deck builder game 
where you're m- trying to make a DC movie oh my. while building your decks. <laughs> and the crisis cards keep coming up. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> are, are Better known as Warner Brothers. We're going to put the Warner Brother card up there. <laughs> Which, whichever exec is in charge of the franchise at yeah, that point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that, that, I that's, have a, to, that's a great the card. Herman, the Hermana that, card. That'd be, that'd, be great. that'd be great. New studio chief. Reset. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Discard your entire hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be discard your entire hand plus your next two hands. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you had a Zack Snyder person in your hand? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Elim- eliminate all all uh, Man of Steel two cards. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, how did you get a Man of Steel two card? <laughs> I have to. Well, admit, that's the question for a everyone. Special promotion. <laughs> I have to admit, this is a really neat mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, oh, we're so, moving on, gentlemen. Let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Uh, I, I shit about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, as always, your mileage may vary. (laughs) Like his O face. Oh, Oh, hurt me like you mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Or just wait, no, I'm hurting myself. (laughs) It's it's a fine line between orgasm and constipation. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Somehow, it's it's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) News don't give a shit about. General Mills released a new mischievously delicious Loki Charms cereal. I saw that. Loki Charms. I have that. Yep. You got it? Did you get one of them? <laughs> yeah. Go to um What's God damn it? Damn, damn, damn. Winko. That's the word I'm looking wait, for. They, wait, wait, Winko how, wait, Foods. Wait, they had Loki Charms? I believe that they're out. Yeah. Yes, Loki is on the back. Because it's a thing. They, they didn't release it to the general public. Yeah. It was an online thing. So if, if what you're telling me is I'm... I'm Did someone put cuely, one on the show? yes. Carl's got connections, dude. No, it, dude, it just tastes like Lucky Charms, and it's just... Well, nasty. it is. It's just it's it, hidden on the cover instead of... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's 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 wow. official General Mills product. It's limited edition run of only 3,500 boxes. Someone put something on the shelf. They were made available for cereal Marvel fans to purchase on the mischievouslydelicious.com on Wednesday, June 9th, to coincide with the premiere of Loki on Disney+. Plus. Uh, each box of Loki Charms costs $8, and the price does include shipping. Uh, early access to Loki Charms was granted to those who could crack an encryption code on their website. Uh, the first thousand people who figured it out got early access to the limited time cereal before everyone else. And the okay. cereal completely sold out. Question. Yeah. Are there Lucky Charms that are promoting the Loki movie with him on it? The TV show, yeah. Okay, so maybe that's what I got. Is the Lucky, not the Loki Charms, but like, is there. A oh, no, lucky, th- this is that. No, but is there a Lucky Charms one that's promoting? Not that I'm aware of. But what the hell do I have at home? I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> but, Did you uh, take a picture of it? <laughs> I, when I get home, I'm going to. All right. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I'm very confused. But I hope you have one. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thrown. That's so amazing. Didn't it been... sell out ridiculously fast? Yeah, too? like like within seconds. Yeah, when I looked at it, it was no, it that's was done. Not the package I have. The one I have looks like the actual showing of him. Okay. Dun, dun. Okay, this is no, this that's is... cartoony. No, <laughs> that I have. The, 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 <laughs> showing Carl the internet is not not, the, not the, a good part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm clearly eating the wrong thing. I was about to, 
I was about to shit my pants. I was about to shit your pants for me. I was going to shit my pants in. Did I open up something that I should have put on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone was shitting their pants except for Steve, who was orgasming. (laughs) Like an unopened box of three pieces. Yeah, Loki charms. They're bifrosted. This is great. Yeah. I've I've seen it, yeah. Frosted Loki charms. That one that you've got there, Kirsten, that was a t-shirt, like on T-Fury or Ripped at one point. That's not not what they released. But it was a a neat shirt. I almost bought it. This is a magnet. And speaking to Jeff's uh, response to 3PO's, uh, all boxes of 3PO should never have been opened. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me you liked 3PO's cereal? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, with with the caveat that my parents used to only buy us kicks. Oh, geez, cereal. <laughs> Fair enough, man. If the, if you get kicks and then also some brings some three pos, you're it, right. Yeah, and so when we got three po, like there was a couple of different ones I was able to get as a kid that were special ones that my parents would buy because I was good. Uh, three POs was one. I remember. Um, You'd the- get special <laughs> cereal because you were good. <laughs> yeah. And the special cereal was three POs. Well, that, that, that's that's <laughs> the thing. I, I mean, but but otherwise it was just kicks. It was. Either the, were they kicks. like invest? Did they have investments in kicks or something? <laughs> it was the the two cereals in our house was either kicks or um, it's not frosted flakes. What's the regular cornflakes? Corn just corn, yeah. regular cornflakes and kicks. If you've ever and we did often. You don't want them. And your parents leave, so you take the bowl, you throw it in the backyard. Real quick. <laughs> as, as, as one so, does, as one does, absolutely. And it kills the grass. And, <laughs> well, it didn't have the grass. The dog gets diabetic. But if you ever look at dried up kicks, it looks like rabbit shit. I'm not joking when I tell you that. <laughs> That's all I remember as a kid, at least. And so, like the the two ones that I kind of remember. Um, as a kid, I remember getting the three CPO ones, and I remember the Batman ones from Batman Returns. Okay, um, yeah. and it's just I just only remember that because it had chocolate marshmallows, which I didn't care for, so I ate that one dry because mm-hmm. it didn't taste so bad dry. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a high price. Uh, were the three POs? They like- were just like little loopy ones, but they had um, taste wise, at least as far as my mind remembers. They tasted slightly like um, pops. Okay. Go, like for the, what it, yeah, I, it's just called pops, right? Pop cereal. Sugar, sugar pops. Sugar pop. Are you being? <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten just brought a box of Mandalorian cereal. Yeah. Into the room and put in front of Carl. You've been good, so Carl. You get the oh, special then, then, cereal. Then, then, then Kid said, no, you in. don't get the special yeah, yeah. cereal. Kid's, Kid's, like, what Kid's the hell? like, why is somebody and something getting more attention than me? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's right up on the table. Yeah, I feel sad now that, I mean, I used to get other things like. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, other- I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I, I'm Malign your childhood. I, I guess I should have. <laughs> like Superman <laughs> peanut butter was, a, was something I would get, you know, yeah. as a. As opposed to the Jiffy, because I didn't like... Um, the Giffy? It's whatever. <laughs> well, like, I, I am not a fan of um, peanut... Uh, awkwardly enough, chunky peanut butter. Okay. Oh, wow. So finding creamy Superman peanut butter is actually... Was difficult, because... I don't know. It had all those bits of kryptonite yep. in it. And then I didn't realize until I was an adult that... Donald Duck orange juice was just normally out there. So when they would bring oh. home the Donald Duck orange juice, I'd be like, oh, wow, Donald Duck. Like, I thought that was like the super special. 
orange juice. We, we were all fooled that way. Carl's furiously trying to figure out what he did that week so he could get rewarded more often. With Donald Duck orange juice. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, oh. it was everything from doing my chores without having to be told to um, just not getting in trouble in school that week. Now, let me wow. tell you. Now, I the cereal didn't happen often. <laughs> God, the, the cereal I had when I was a kid was uh, this back when the generic cereal was actually the like the white box with the the black letter labeling yeah. that just like it'd be oh. like toasted oats, uh, you know, <laughs> right. corn flakes. When generic uh, truly meant generic, yes, yeah, like, li- yeah. yeah I, I I do literally remember that, you know white box with the black lettering um and then when we were able to quote unquote splurge was when we got the um the the malto meal branded the bag Ew. cereal uh that was not splurging I, in my house I, <laughs> I, I had to look up the names because i wanted to make sure i was remembering correctly so like you know the the lucky charms equivalent which was the marshmallow mateys uh, still um, around the uh, still around the uh, the fruity dino bites was the fruity pebbles still um, around uh malto meal God, the what was the one? Oh ever. yeah, the the Honey Nut Cheerios one was called the Honey Nut Scooters. So yeah. Oh, I've seen those. Bags. Yeah, these, they're still these, out there. You they, can still they still get make these. them. They still yeah. make yeah. them. But those are, like back then, that was the that was of... if you were if you were poor, that's the cereal that Smith's you were got them, yeah. able to afford. It, so does Winkle. Uh, they we usually grab them for economy size. Well, the kids are out of the house now, but when we had to get yeah. the economy size things and stuff, um. Like their fake Captain Crunch was the thing that we would, that I got the kids all the time because you know teenage boys wipe through shit. So we're like, here, eat this. And I'm not joking when I tell you that the kid would literally take the bag upstairs. Yeah, they used to have. I do that. They used to have like an economy. Like if you looked and around, you could find like like you're talking about the economy size bags of those. There was like four or five times the size of the regular bags you'd find at the grocery store. There's regular bag size. I'm telling you, I've not seen a regular bag size. The, I've only seen the bigs. When we would go up to visit my grandparents in Missouri, um, there was a. It was before Sam's Club was really a big thing, but it was a. It was a grocery store, but it was a membership grocery store that my grandparents uh, shopped at, and they had these massive sized bags of that Malto Meal. So it was. It was the the Malto Meal branded, but it was like two or three times the size of the regular ones you could find at the grocery store. So <laughs> my parents would um, have my grandparents take them to the store. They would buy that stuff, and then we'd take it back in the car with us back to Wichita. Wow. But uh, All that's missing is like the story of them breaking open the big bag uh-huh. and then doling out little smaller bags to each family. Like, all right, you guys take these home. And yeah, they didn't go that far. <laughs> but uh, What so. was the name of the Captain Crunch generic? Oh, geez, you're going to make me look that okay. up, aren't you? Yeah. Nope, I, I need to know right now, because we've talked about our favorite cereals in the past. What was the worst cereal that you had Okay, is Motobillion considered a cereal? Because the fact that the rest of you aren't wincing every time that word is said <laughs> <laughs> leads me to believe you all ate that. I, I still eat it. I don't That's what I get when I go to the cereal aisle. I, I get, I get uh, the... The multi-meal and cream. The dinosaur and the, fruities or whatever they're called. Now, I did like multi-meal, but my brothers liked it with milk. Mm. And I was like, oh, Now you're talking gross. about the hot cereal multi-meal. Yes. I'm okay. sorry. That's all that keeps coming to mind when yeah. you guys keep saying it. It is the nastiest thing ever. <laughs> oh, like, no. no. It's like my, my stomach is getting hurting. Hurt. Listen, you say it. Multi-meal with butter and cinnamon. No, just go to grits. That's just eat grits. <laughs> 
Sometimes you don't have time to bake proper grits. So There's always time you for ma- grits. <laughs> you make multo meal in the microwave. Oh my god, multo meal! Yeah. I don't know uh, what cereal did I have. What is multo meal? What is it actually? It's it's meal. malted corn, right? If yeah. I remember correctly, malted it's just cornmeal. Pretty yeah. much malted cornmeal. Yeah. There you go. You're getting you're getting cow feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Moo. You're you. That's food that food eats. That's right. I'm, I'm just. I'm sorry. Let's talk about a different cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from hot cereals, I'm talking just cold in the box cereals. What's the worst cereal? Hmm. Kicks. I'm, the, I'm definitely okay. Kicks. I cannot argue, and especially with what you went through and your rabbit turd kicks. It's not even the best. <laughs> Go eat a bowl of kicks today and tell me what you think. <laughs> I refuse. For no me. sugar. Yeah. Not even vitamin D milk. It's whatever the vitamin. 1% milk. <laughs> yeah. Put them in the backyard. Let them harden. <laughs> we uh, did. Cut too. diamonds with them. Um, it would have to be one of the bland ones, like 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 just like the no frosted cornflakes, just cornflake because cornflakes got soggy quick if you didn't just chow down on them, and plus they were just bland. But the blandest one was probably like the little mini shredded wheat. Things. That's that's the one you took. Oh. You yeah, took mine. That's what yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Go. Not even the frosted. No, the, no, no, the, not the frosted, frosted mini wheats, wheats or even the frosted full size wheat. The, the the big block of the, yeah. yes, the shredded wheat. Spoon size shredded wheat. Well, I'm not yeah. even talking the spoon size. Fiber. Did you ever have the no, the, the, the ones, ones that were like they yeah, were literally you, like you a, had to crunch them the up pillow yeah. size, about yeah. two inches wide and about five inches long, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. It, you had to chop it in the bowl yep. with your yeah. spoon. That proper Weetabix. Yeah, there you go. That was the one that that was that was probably the worst. Yeah, and they just got soggy. It was like, oh, what's the one? You're just, you're just eating uh, cardboard at that yeah. point. Yeah. It's Get your fiber, man. Flavorless. Yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> flavorless uh, fiber. There, All there that are... fiber, you, you lose out on your orgasms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be like... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> now, they changed their formula later on and fixed the problem. And I have a feeling it was food coloring. But in the early days when it came out, Kaboom cereal <laughs> Kaboom. Oh, Never had was terrible. I mean, yeah, it, it was it, terrible. It, 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 I it multicolored and then they had the marshmallows. And then marshmallows were fine, but there was something in the coloring of the, the cereal itself that made it slightly bitter. Hmm. And a bitter and a sweet cereal for a kid is not a great combination. No. Uh, now, they did fix it, and they went to, because I think it was a wheat cereal, and then went to a corn version. And when they did that, it was more like Smurfberry Crunch, and yeah, that fixed a lot. But, but yeah, Kaboom in its earliest days, it looked like a fun cereal. It was super colorful. It had what you wanted, colors and marshmallows as a kid and sugar, but there was something in the cereal that was really putting it off. Do they still make this? Uh, I don't know if they still do or not, I, but I'd be surprised. If they still were, uh, many cereals have gone by the wayside. This is true. Uh, any other bad cereals before we move on, gentlemen? Yeah, I yeah the shredded wheat was the one. Mm-hmm. The, the the giant biscuits. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the one that was the worst for me. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is what you were eating. No, that's the better version. <laughs> oh, you're showing me. That was the fixed version. <laughs> 
<laughs> the one in the yellow box is not the one. And you guys laughed at my good behavior. <laughs> you guys are being punished on regular days. Yeah, there you go. Although I did remember my father getting all bran all the time, and that is the hardest cereal known to man. Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> crunchy. Yeah. Man. Brick upon brick. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. Raisin bran was the worst cereal. I was going to say grape nuts. Are you talking generic raisin bran or like Kellogg's raisin bran where the, the, Two the scoops raisins, raisins were coated in sugar? Those yeah. Because that was like all you could taste is sugar at that point. So mm. for well, a kid, that's that's yeah. like heaven. Well, like, this sugar. This probably only applies to me. I have this weird relationship with raisins. Mm. It's complicated. <laughs> I um, guess so. Well, yeah, because they they get rid of constipation. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you want to talk rabbit turds? Those raisins are hard. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I like raisins, but not in things. Like Aha. I don't like raisin cookies, and the fact that they were in raisin bran just killed me. And it, and sometimes when that was like the only cereal, I would just go, I'll just. So I'll you, just, I'll just go hungry until lunch. <laughs> you've you've never had like oatmeal with raisins in no. it. What? No, God. How that would dare be you, the, Jeff? That would be the worst. That, okay, so I'm <laughs> so I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm weird. Um, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I don't like lumpy foods. Like like uh, I like apples. Uh-huh. I do not like apple pie. Uh, what? I, yeah, lumpy foods. Wait, wait, wait. Lumpy foods. Superman, super fan. <laughs> Stephen Biggs. Superman being the quote unquote all American character. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't like, like the most pie. American dessert, apple pie. You are you are correct, sir. Wow. <laughs> but I do like apples. My brain so is I, broke. I honor the work of Johnny Appleseed. Uh, but I don't like you to cook the what the just yank them off the tree and start eating. And in my mind, I keep looking at Steve's watching television commercial for raisin brands comes on, and it's like two scoops of raisins and Kellogg's raisin brand, and Steve just breaking down. No, no, God. <laughs> oh God, why one one's too many? You're ruining good brand. Two scoops, King Vitamin. <laughs> Is that a cereal? Yes, uh, I do. Yes. I, I, I vaguely I, remember seeing I had, that. I think I remember pestering my mom to get that. She said I don't want to, and uh, I pestered her. She got it, and then I hated it. And she was so pissed. It was like you're not getting new cereal <laughs> till you finish this, and it was there for a while. Oh, cereal God. as punishment. What <clears throat> was that weird? Told I you. just suddenly remembered. There's some weird brand cereal. But they were like little squares, and it was like uber compressed brand. All brand. No, but it was it was. Uh, I don't know. Uber compressed brand sounds like a cool name. Actually, <laughs> that's the name like, of our literally that's like the name of our new band. You could not bite through it. It was so compressed. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. It'll but, crack yeah. your dentures. Yeah, all brand. Uh, uh, fucking bricks. You uh, yeah you know might you might be right. Nope, that's not what I'm thinking of. These no, are this is what's crackling 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 oat bran crackling is oat what I'm thinking brand. of. Yeah, because I looked up all bran and I'm like, no, that's not it. But I nope. I scrolled slightly to the right and crackling oat bran is what I'm thinking about. Jeff, you are that. right. I stand corrected. It was crackling oat bran I was thinking of. So yes, you are correct. That is awful. It's yeah. It tasted like shit. Like, literally tasted like shit. Right, yeah. I just want 
all the listeners to please pull up King Vitamin Cereal. <laughs> and I want you to just know that this is what Kirsten baked this It's a Quaker branded cereal, too. <laughs> just, I just want them to see what Kirsten had baked his parents for. King Vitamin. <laughs> this was the commercial that sold that sold little little Kirsten. I know that that's because I I remember the box and the moment he said he wanted that I'm like what about that box appealed to you? Yeah, there was a king. That's what I'm really trying to figure out because this is not the box of cereal that's on the lower levels. Let's just be honest. Now <laughs> he looks like Captain Kangaroo's cousin. <laughs> like, it's like who are we gonna slap on the box? It's like well um, this guy's not working. We Bob, can just put him on. It. We Bob can't Keaton's cousins in town. I don't know what the whole bottom <laughs> thing is, but it looks like you got a free knight's helmet or something with the package. Is hey. that it's like what Leslie Nielsen in an alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it looks like, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Uh, you don't give a shit about a Kingpin sequel is officially in the works. There's no scripts yet as things are very in very early development uh, but the Farley brothers are ready to make a sequel to their oh. 1996 bowling comedy oh okay Jesus. we all thought yes. the other yeah. one and I was like wait when was <laughs> so the first movie there was a f- yeah, yeah, that's, when- that's what I was I'm like when did they make a first Kingpin yeah. <laughs> the Farley brothers okay yeah. Uh, yeah, the original film starred Woody Harrelson as mm-hmm. a bowling prodigy Roy Munson who is tricked into joining a con job that leaves him with a crippled hand for the rest of his life Years later, a down-and-out Roy stumbles upon his ticket to fame and fortune when he discovers an Amish bowling phenomenon, Ishmael, played by Randy Quaid. Bill Murray co-starred in the film as well as bowling legend Big Ern McCracken, alongside Vanessa Angel, Chris Elliott, Rob Moran, and Lynn Shay. Um, I, Kingpin was never my favorite of the Farley Brothers films. I, it's I one that grew on this. me. What's that? I, I actually just watched this. Did you like, just watch it? Are you serious? Wow. Good, good episode. Wow. I yeah. just, yeah. That's why we had you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> now now that, that is fresh in your mind. And the thing is, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I think I do give a shit about this now. There is. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I just watched it, though. Right. And I know sense. Kingpin has his followers. And there are people out there that absolutely adore Kingpin. But man, if you thought Dumb and Dumber was a long time to wait to make a sequel. Right? Yeah, true. Well, and and like are are they getting Randy Quaid out of the That's asylum? The <laughs> <laughs> That's another big one. Get him a weekend pass or something? Or is he in the nut house? No, but of uh, of uh, philosophically well he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Michael Clark Duncan's not available anymore, oh, yeah, so they're gonna sure. get Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Good work, Andy. Good work. Good Andy joke. <laughs> oh, look, I spilled. <laughs> He's just ashamed of yourself. He pillowed his own joke on that yes, one. Yes, he did. <laughs> Weekend Geek! Yay! <laughs> Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to turn out well. I'm guessing this skirts the border between the two. <laughs> Uh, no, this one actually has me genuinely excited. <laughs> Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema have once again joined forces for a brand new Lord of the Rings film project. Hmm. Uh, titled War of the Rohirrim, the fast-tracked feature will be animated and serve as a companion piece to Peter Jackson's Oscar-winning trilogy. According to the synopsis, the movie's plot, quote, explores and expands the untold story behind the fortress of Helm's Deep. 
delving into the life and blood-soaked times of one of Middle-earth's most legendary figures, the mighty King of Rohan, Helm Hammerhand. That's the one. Okay. Now, Jackson isn't involved, but he has given it his blessing. Uh, Kenji Kamiyama, who uh, did Blade Runner Black Locust, is attached as director, and Philippa Boyens, who co-wrote The Lord of the Rings and Hobbit trilogies with Jackson and Fran Walsh, is on board as consultant. The team of Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews, who did The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, will write the screenplay. So I didn't think they would revisit The Lord of the Rings, at least not yeah. from I didn't those know heads. that cow had any more milk in it, right? <laughs> right? I mean, oh, boy, dude, that cow's... Yeah, I mean, Amazon's got their show, so I figured Amazon had it from here on in. Yeah. So to know that this is a companion piece to the Lord of the Rings movies that we saw. Yeah. Now, I'm excited, but at the same time, confused. Let me help you with yeah. your excitement here. Okay. They said here, Jackson gave his blood, gave his blessing. Yes. Right? You know who else gave a blessing to something once? Oh boy. George Lucas gave his blessing to the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go ahead and leave it right there. Yeah, for you. you better. You better. <laughs> and it's an animated picture that's a little different. Of course, cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Compa- in comparison. In the long run, yeah. yeah. Well, so. I mean, most of ours who didn't read it, first introduction into that world was animation. True. So that wouldn't bother me. I mean, I actually think that's a good idea to go back to it. You can do a lot more with animation than you can do with live action. So. And, and Helm's story is really crazy, heroic, epic. So makes sense. It's actually one hell of a story. And I'll take the animated Hobbit over the movie trilogy Hobbit any day. <laughs> yeah. So that was. Uh, yeah, I I couldn't even get in past the whoa. <laughs> I, I was bringing you up because you were coming in all of a sudden. Yeah, was, yeah, that, that was weird because I was getting a weird echo on my mic there. Uh, yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know about what it is about the Hobbit trilogy. I I. Watched the first one and I was just not interested in watching the other two at all. So I never watched Desolation of Schmaug and. <sighs> and you never and, got to see the War Goats? Nope. <laughs> oh, dude, you I missed it. Literally had no interest. War Goats. I never did. The, either, the, Jeff. The, 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 the last two Hobbit movies were more Warhammer then any movie that's been made is just awesome. I haven't seen any of the Hobbit movies. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I was drawn I dude, those those the regular Lord of the Rings were so long. <laughs> it just and I yeah. and I caught it on the director cut. I didn't even see them in the theater. Oh boy. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, of course the director's cuts are long. Yeah. yeah I I didn't know going in. Oh my. And so wow. I just couldn't go back and watch the hobbit so movies. so you never did the the big theater mega viewing thing that like we all did not for the, not <laughs> for the lord of the rings I that think. one was crazy watching the two director's cut versions followed by in uh, the theater return of, yeah, yeah yeah the return the only one that wasn't the director's edition was the return of the king uh i I remember it was Darren, myself, uh, oh, Chad Randall. <laughs> you were there too, right, Kirsten? Chad, Federico. Chad uh, got yeah. Chad, Chad got absolutely shit faced. Of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, was talking through the whole movie. Yeah, like he'd, out loud. Um, he'd get all upset and start crying, and so he'd leave the theater. Yeah, um, but were I remember you serious. It just, yeah. It was we. I, I, I want to say man. it was 15 hours from the time we yeah. got to the theater till we were heading home. There were yeah. intermissions. right? There were intermissions. Oh yeah, yes. they and they let us go to the food court 
This and, was at and, Green Valley, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Green Valley Ranch. Uh, we'd go to a food court, get food. We could bring it in the theater. Yeah, that was one of the nice things. They, they let us bring in all anything from the food court um, into the theater. Anything for some modicum of comfort. Yeah. Dude, it yeah. is like that, that is the equivalent of driving several states over. Yeah. Sitting in, that's like or sitting just in your Texas, car. If, you know, <laughs> if you do it right. Of this, I will say... I'm glad I did it. I don't know that I would ever do anything like that again. Well, when they when they had the the Marvel mm-hmm. marathon thing, oh, okay. I was like, never mind. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. But you that, fucking. Okay. Wait. 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 wait, wait. <laughs> Damn it. That Carl. was spread it out. That was spread out over a couple of days though, because you could. They kept showing it back to back for a couple of days. So, like, I would. It was 22 movies. I went and watched like seven or eight. Went back the next day, caught the next couple of them. And they're different movies. <laughs> <laughs> they're different movies, different genres. Yeah, there's an undertone underneath them, but... There's less walking. Way less. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, that, first, that first movie is nothing but walking. <laughs> walking, talking, talking about how they, they got to do this, and then they get there and poof. Well, Drop the ring in. I feel and attacked, that, that, Kirsten. That, that and the third, the, the third movie just being, you know, oh, I can't walk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be a coward to carry the ring, but I can carry you. It's yeah. called continuity. Wait, I did a, I did a play, at, uh, in uh, college, and it was a, uh, it was a bit of an experimental piece. It was some uh, grad students' uh, like thesis project, where he did an adaptation. Of German expressionist poets, um, in between uh, uh, the Depression and going into World War One, and it was it, German expressionism poetry is very dark and grim, mm-hmm. and so there was a lot of a lot of grim war stuff. And this thing, unfortunately, was was long. And uh, I remember my friends telling me because they went and saw it. I I didn't even know they were coming, and they they saw it. And there's one scene in like the beginning of Act Three when the guy <clears throat> and the writer he 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 actually made a bit of a mistake here because he has a scene where the 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 guy goes uh, the guy comes out on stage and he's like 1917. The war drags on. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and my friend said you could literally feel the ripple in the audience as everyone's like, yeah, that ain't the only thing that's dragging on. <laughs> so it's really funny. You just, you get that. And, and yeah, the whole, Sam, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you know, when you're sitting in that, when you're on hour fifteen, yeah, I, <laughs> my ass was numb. And this yeah. was this was back before they had the nice luxury seats. Oh yeah, too. no, these this were the is, old, yeah. uncomfortable. You kids don't know how lucky you have it. Narrow aisle, <laughs> <laughs> like you're having to sit sideways because you're, you know, Kirsten can, you know, yeah. and I identify with this because we, and you too, Steve, yeah. with the long legs, and mm. you're having to yeah. sit sideways in the chair. But you can only do that for so long before that butt cheek falls asleep. Yeah, yeah, you got to shift over. over the other way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually lucked out, and I grabbed the front row of the second section going mm. up, so there's nothing in front of me. Uh, but nice. you, you realize at some point you kind of depend on something in front of you to like prop your knees up against <laughs> or something and restore I'm, some circulation. And I'm trying to remember why. 
I'm trying to remember why we weren't able to sit up near you guys, but like Darren and I were like all the way at the front of the theater. We were like maybe maybe you three got, or four rows. Maybe you got in later. I I don't know because I remember we were all in line at one point together, and then uh, then they started letting us in, and, and it was just like everything filled filled up, and it was like okay, well I guess I don't remember what happened, but yeah, the only like because the only two seats that he and I could find were like down towards hours the front. Of yeah. tower to, Jesus, that was from you the, guys well, should get a trophy for that. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent completion. The last one of those that I did was the Dark Knight trilogy, and mm. and it was the same thing. We got there kind of late, so I was. Towards the front and kind of over towards the side, and so that's how I saw uh, Dark Knight Rises for the first time. <laughs> but again, still wasn't as long. No, and no, it wasn't more long. action. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then Dale Hopert was like, yeah, you read the news out of Aurora, and I was like, oh no, no Jesus, <laughs> oh, oh, just got it. Yeah, yeah. John Boyega. And writer-director Joe Cornish will reunite for Attack the Block 2. For nice. a continuation of the sci-fi cult classic, Boyega will return as to star as Moses, the leader of a tough group of London street kids who fought off an alien invasion of their block in the original film and will also serve as producer on the sequel. As with the original, Cornish will serve as both writer and director. Made on a tight budget with an ensemble cast that also included future Doctor Who star Jodie Whittaker, Attack the Block arrived in 2011 to modest, boss, modest box office returns, but overwhelming critical praise. It won several audience awards at film festivals around the world, including South by Southwest and Fantasia Fest. Both Boyega and Cornish have stayed pretty busy since Attack the Block. Playing Moses helped propel Boyega to the role in Star Wars, the trilogy, in which turned to projects like Pacific Rim Uprising and the critically acclaimed Small Axe. Uh, Cornish went on to contribute to Marvel's Ant-Man in its early stages and followed up his directorial effort on Attack the Block with the acclaimed Authorian fantasy, The Kid Who Would Be King. I am down for more Attack the Block. That is a fun movie. Yeah, it really was a fun film. Um, I f it's so funny. I, I remember you telling me I had to watch that, and it was earlier this year that I finally got to sit oh. down and watch it. Um, and I just I had a blast with it. It was you know, it's got its serious moments, but the overall theme, it's a fun film, and it's got it's it's just got fantastic acting in it. Um, it's a very British film in mm -hmm. the sense that, you know, yeah, definitely the characters and their speech patterns and stuff. So if you don't know enough British slang, you might have to do some some research online while you're watching it. But oh, blind uh, me. But it's still a, it's still a fun film. I highly recommend it. Yeah, definitely. And of course, E3 is happening right now. Is it? it yep, yep, it has begun. How have I yeah. missed that? Right? Like, that's why all those announcements are coming out. Yeah, huh? that's yep. why all the video like game the, announcements. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy one. That looks like a great game. Pre-ordered already, the Did deluxe you? edition. Oh, you know what? Uh, Square Enix uh, shit the bed with their Avenger game. But. Okay, I can't argue that. <laughs> and I, you know which edition I bought. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Carl edition, and wasn't I, it? Don't, don't they just name them after you now? <laughs> I hesitate to mention the one that I saw that I liked because you might have it in the news. No, I don't, honestly, oh. uh, because I don't have anything of it in here because it's technically not finished, and I just wanted to finish with it a sure. little bit for some impressions of what people had from it. Uh, the Evil Dead game, oh, what little I saw, little I saw of it looked really good. 
and I like how it spans the entirety of the the movies oh, the trilogy. and oh, is the it the TV show? show. Yeah, there's there's uh, that's who the girl is from, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, it does seem like it touches on all of the um, storyline. So I'm 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 actually psyched to see, you know, it, and it's always hard to judge a game like that because the trailers that they use they use, you know, sometimes pre-rendered footage. Not a, it's not always really in uh, real in-game footage, um, and sometimes they only show you the best clips to get you excited until and then when you get the game you're like oh well, that's this like is a movie, nothing though. like yeah that exactly so. We will see, but what I've seen so far has got me excited about it, so I hope that maintains. What I love about that Guardians game is two things. One, it's a single-player game. You only got to be Star-Lord. <laughs> yep, So you and the interactions, it has that whole thing of like you make the choices and your choices affect, but yes. it's an action-adventure game. And they, and they stated that you'll never be alone in a game either. You will always have at least one member of the um, Guardians with you, so yes. I like that you're never stuck in like a one-on-one fight. And That's Dan cool. Abnett is the writer for that game. Ah. Uh, Dan Abnett, uh, uh, he's got his chops in the cosmic world of Marvel, uh, and he also is the best writer of the 40K uh, Warhammer universe novels as well. Okay. If there is a best writer of Warhammer, it is Dan Abnett. So him doing the Guardians of the Galaxy game, I am all in. Oh, clearly. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> And uh, I'll tell you my biggest disappointment, PlayStation dropped the fucking ball on uh, this, this year time. Uh, for not doing anything. Oh, that's Really? Funny. They didn't do anything. Wow. And you know what? Xbox came in this time and ate their goddamn lunch. Xbox put on a presentation and just showed 30 games, one after the other. Really was selling that whole uh, Xbox game service that they have, the monthly service where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like like the PlayStation now where you have right. access to all the games. Basically, of the 30 games, the tw- 27 of them, day and date of launch, it's available on their game service. But didn't PlayStation, Sony, I guess, mm-hmm. take the new business model? Uh, they're trying to do the Disney business model of we're not going to be... At a lot of these bigger shows, because we want to start having our big show. Isn't they, that they've been doing something called State of Play? State of Play, and they right. about sometimes once a month, sometimes every other month, they'll have just kind of a focus yeah, on no an upcoming clue. game or so yeah. on. I'm sorry that there are very little exciting things about that when you get them just fed to you here and there. There's nothing to look forward when you're doing one big drop like Xbox did, uh, where Xbox said, "Here's our games." Most of these are exclusive. You can only get this experience on Xbox. And uh, it's a good reason to be excited. And they made me excited. This E3, I mean, I've been a PlayStation guy for a good long time. I, yeah. I, I, I did not like the last Xbox. But I'm getting an Xbox next. I've, I've made that decision. And it's pretty much this E3 thing that they did saying that I'm going to end up getting both systems, most likely, because right. there's great exclusive games on both. Yes. But if I have to choose a first system uh, based on Xbox's presentation, I'm buying an Xbox. Okay. 
Um, what was um, Nintendo's presence there? Uh, Nintendo Nintendo's did fine. I mean, Nintendo always has its own ecosystem. Right. They, yeah. well, they're, they're, they're never seem to be in con, uh, in fighting with the other systems because they they win their own system. Right. Yeah. And, and and I know that they're doing the same thing, like the state of play. I can't remember what they call theirs. But um, but Nintendo has a presentation at E3. Yeah. Okay. Nintendo has given so up on trying to attract a general audience. They know they've got their fan base, and they basically they're like. Love us or hate us, we don't care. Yeah. It's it's really the way they've kind of. I, that's 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 the feel I get from from all their their presentations because there is a very extremely loyal fan base that Nintendo can do no wrong in, and they will buy anything they put out. I don't know. Like for me, we got our Switch only. Well, I bought the Switch. We got the Switch for me for the Marvel Ultimate Alliance three because it was exclusive to the Switch. Um, the Switch gets played by my wife because she heard of this little thing called Animal Crossing. <laughs> and I, I, I lost both my Switch and my wife that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I have a lot of friends and coworkers that, that keep telling me, oh, you should buy a Switch. You should buy a Switch. And I'm mm -hmm. like, there's nothing on that system that makes me go, that is a must-have thing. That is a reason for me to buy that system. There just isn't. The, the for me the only use of my switch honestly is like I said Marvel Ultimate Alliance mm -hmm. um, maybe Smash Brothers but it's, again only to play with my kids from time to time sure it's the ability of having the Nintendo Legacy games on the go mm -hmm. that would be that's my only draw to it um, they have that same kind of subscription service. Um, even though theirs is still a little weird, it seems like they it's have always it. been a little weird. It's they, it's part of the subscription, but you still have to buy some of the games in the subscription. But yeah. you can't get the games if you're not part of the. It, I don't know. I don't, it's weird. It's yeah, so I, weird. I just put my card on file and just say, okay, whatever. <laughs> with them, it, it, and they are like unlike the other two. They they are the only ones that do have me sucked in like that. Like my card, I I get a charge every couple of months. And it freaks me out every couple of months when it happens because the first line on the charge is international charge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, internet, it, I don't even get to the next part that goes Nintendo. And I'm like, oh, Nintendo. Yeah, that would leap my heart a little every time. Every yeah, time. Really. Without fail. Like, Capital One, international. <laughs> and they alert you because it's an international charge. Right. And I'm like, international charge? What the? Nintendo, huh? You son of a bitch got me again. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't say uh, international charge and then CC bill? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder if Sony did this because of how difficult it is to get a hold of the console right now and they just felt like they didn't need to? Or no, they, they're doing it because of... Remember the hubris that Sony had during PlayStation 3 days? Yes. It feels like that. That's like, you no, know what? We don't need E3 because we're doing our state of play. Except yeah. they seem like a no-show in a place where all the console news is happening. Sure. And I, I understand not wanting to have a huge presence, but at least put something together. Yeah. But just, just if nothing else, just to show that you're in competition with Xbox, who, again, knocked it out of the fucking park. We're Sony. Come suck our dick. Pretty we'll much. Give you a PS5. <laughs> ah. Pretty much. And like I said, I love the stuff that Sony's doing. I think the stuff that they're that's coming out. I'm hearing that new Ratchet and Clank game that's coming out for the that already came out. Supposed to be amazing. And that's a great series anyway. It's like that is the first killer app for that system. But I'm sorry. 
X- it's, Xbox got you better right now. Is the new Xbox backwards compatible? Uh, if you get the disc version, is it? Yes. Oh, you. If you get the disc version, who's out there not buying? Are you out there buying that disc version? I'm not. But somebody people, is. Some people are because it's like what is it, 150 bucks cheaper or something like that. It's 100 bucks cheaper. Just so it's only 100. So yeah. Go outside, sell yourself a little, get the disc. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't um, didn't didn't uh, Brent Mackay just announce on Facebook that he's a uh, he's doing voice work on uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I think Brent's uh he's a he, he's a friend with uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a friend with ICS. Uh but um uh he lives here in Vegas and he's been working on uh uh he he also had the interesting story of uh, actually trying to do years ago he tried to do a sale through Craigslist and got stolen from so he <laughs> and then had to have a GoFundMe and everything but He's apparently like really, really bounced back, and uh, good. He's actually like doing voiceover work now, and that's I th- great. I think he's in the new Ratchet. Those are fun games. Really? I mean, they they have a full continuity, and there aren't many games that I have laughed out loud at because most games, even funny ones, aren't true. But this one is Ratchet <laughs> and Clank is a funny, entertaining story every time. All right. So, I have a PS5. I'm going to try it. Do it. Mm. Now, especially, yeah, with this new one, everything I'm seeing of it. Yeah, report back to me. Right, let's do some red light, green light. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say. They're going to make this shit anyway. Red on everything. No one gets past. All right, gentlemen, it is time for another meeting of Done Right Productions. We have four more pitches here. And of these pitches, at least one of them is fake. But uh, we got a green light something. So your choices this week are one day this will be yours. Garbage pale kids. Firebite. And all are wrong todays. <laughs> Those are your choices. We'll start with the first one. Apple Plus has announced one day all this will be yours as a comedy sci-fi series. Ron Moore is producing the series under his Tall Ship Productions banner, along with author Adrian Tchaikovsky, which tells the story of a time-traveling sociopath with a pet dinosaur. Here's the description from the book. Welcome to the end of time. It's a perfect day. Nobody remembers how the casualty war started. Really, there's no one to remember. And nothing for them to remember if there were. Causality war? Causality war. (laughs) What did I I say? Casualty Casualty war. war. Oh, aren't they all, though? (laughs) 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 Nobody remembers how the causality war, Mr. Fancy Pants, started. (laughs) Uh, There's no one to remember, nothing for them to remember if it were. That's sort of the point. We were time warriors, and we broke time. I was the one who ended it, ended the fighting, tidied up the damage as much as I could. Then I came here to the end of it all and gave myself a mission to never let it happen again, unquote. 
Josh Friedman, who did the Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles and Snowpiercer, will be co-writing with Tchaikovsky. No release date has been announced. So that's one day all this will be yours based on the book. Hmm. What's your thoughts? Tchaikovsky's a good writer. Mm -hmm. Sure. And did, it's Ron Moore. Did you catch yeah. the part with the dinosaur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I noticed how you tried to gloss over that. It uh, it sounds intriguing. Yeah. It, yeah. And has a good pedigree behind it. And it's got time travel, so, you know. It's in the lead so far, see? Yeah. 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 We'll put some, we'll put some shekels behind that one. Sure. Yeah. What's the matter, Carl? No, no, no. I... I I, I'm I'm liking it for if nothing more. Apple Plus needs a win. Uh, <laughs> they got Foundation coming up. Okay, they uh, they coming got up they, coming up very soon. That's, that's like like in a month. Uh, invasion coming out in October. But you're right. They need a little something. They, uh, they need a win. This looks like this Ravens. sounds very comedic. Um, my only concern is time travel is getting kind of stale it's used a lot how dare oh. you how dare you <laughs> i still like time travel stuff uh, but I, I it's so rare but, that you get a time travel comedy that isn't a looping time thing right and not to mention like it, it does seem like there's a lot of bad time travel stuff out there but when you come across a good one they tend to be really good mm -hmm. so that's that's where i tend to uh you know, lend my support behind is when you find that really charming one that you're just like, I really like this. This this has something I haven't seen before, or they've taken a concept that I've seen before and put their own special uh, twist on it and uh, and make it unique. Yeah, so. gambling on a stigma. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I like the ones that uh, I like the ones that try to make the rules of their time travel thing work and <laughs> and then come in and then figuring out what the ironies in that would be yeah anyway. so let's see how it stacks up against the uh, garbage pail kids oh, Lord. Oh, david gordon green and danny mcbride the creative duo behind the latest halloween trilogy are teaming up for an animated television adaptation of top's garbage pail kids franchise over at hbo max all three writers slash creators will executive produce the series alongside the tops company uh, no plot details have been released just yet but the logline promises that the show quote uh, inspired by green and mcbride's mutual love of saturday morning cartoons will be family-friendly and appeal to audience members of all ages. Dating back to 1985, the Garbage Pail Kids property is a gross-out parody of the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls. The original trading cards led to a short-lived animated show that aired internationally in the late 80s, and the poorly received film adaptation was released in 1987 and currently holds a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic, because I seem to remember you and I liking it like it was fun. It's not a great film. No, yeah, it's it's but all right. It's fun. I, I had a girlfriend once that was one of her favorite films of all time. She was an interesting person. <laughs> well, I mean, I I never saw it until you had the VHS tape, and I saw it because of her. But it wasn't. But it was an odd. It's an odd little musical. It is. It's it's, it's a very bizarre. And it's the ugliest puppets in the world, but yes. it's supposed to be that way. So yeah. it's. Okay, as a guy that believes he's seen almost every cartoon released in the 80s, at least an episode, everyone, I did go through 1987's Garbage Well Kid cartoon. 
Yeah. I refuse. And he goes through this again. <laughs> <laughs> so just know my stance going forward before we say anything else. Any other thoughts about the garbage pails? No, I, I no. <laughs> no. 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 All right, next up, AMC Studios has greenlit a new series titled Firebite. This is an Australian vampire fantasy series being developed by Seesaw Films and will be an AMC Plus original. Why, why is they laughing? I don't know why they'd be laughing about a vampire thing in red light, green light. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, uh, based on the latest Rotten Tomatoes scores, uh, we know that vampires are hot. <laughs> Smoking hot. <laughs> Smoking hot. Uh, Firebite is an eight-part series that is described as a, quote, high-octane series that follows two indigenous Australian hunters, Tyson and uh, Shanika, on their... That might be Shanika. On their their quest to battle the last colony of vampires in the South Australian desert. The eight-part drama is set in a remote desert mining town, a hive for the last vampire stronghold shipped from Britain to Australia in 1788 by the colonial superpower to eradicate the indigenous populations. Continuing the quote of the description, sheltering from the sun in the underground mines and tunnels that surround the town until the present day, the colony's numbers and hunger is growing, war is coming, Tyson and Shanika stand vanguard to the war, but what hope does an expertly reckless man full of bravado and a 17-year-old orphan possibly have to defeat these vicious bloodthirsty parasites when legions of warriors before them have failed? This was created, written, and directed by Australia's indigenous filmmaker Warwick Thornton, who did Samson and Delilah, and Brendan Fletcher, who did Mad Bastards. What's your thoughts on Firebite? <laughs> That's a vampire story that actually has a little bit of interest. It has teeth, does it? I, I, yeah. uh, uh, thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> it, um, I think it, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's promise there. I don't know. I, we got a time traveling thing going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm so. I'm kind of meh on this. You I know. feel like the Aussies have been watching Supernatural. <laughs> they want to make their <laughs> they want to make their spin on it. Oh yeah. come on, dude. There's there's your there's your uh, your 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 advertisement quote right there. Aussie <laughs> Supernatural. <clears throat> that that's a seller right there. That's a log. I like yeah. the I like it's the a log of something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the uh, uh, Aboriginal aspect of it. That sounds like, I mean, that's different. It won't necessarily be a bunch of yeah, Northern Europeans. Or... different. <laughs> <laughs> what? How dare you? <laughs> and finally, we have All Our Wrong Todays. Peacock will be adapting the novel as a series. Seth MacFarlane and Amy Pascal will be producing. The series is described as a, quote, mind-bending time travel love story that explores alternate versions of ourselves in dramatically surprising and often unexpected ways, unquote. It will tell the story of Tom Barron's world set in 2016, quote, where technology has solved all of humanity's problems. There's no war, no poverty, no underripe avocados. Unfortunately, (laughs) Tom isn't happy. He's lost the girl of his dreams. What do you do when you're heartbroken and have a time machine? Something stupid. Finding himself stranded in a terrible alternate reality, Tom is desperate to fix his mistake and go home right up until the moment he discovers wonderfully unexpected versions of his family, his career, and the woman who just may be the love of his life. Now Tom faced the impossible choice. Go back to his perfect but loveless life or stay in our messy reality with a soulmate by his side. 
His search for the answer takes him across continents and timelines in a quest to figure out finally who he really is and what his future is supposed to be, unquote. The series is also being written by the author of the novel, Elan Mastai, who is the uh, writer and supervising producer on NBC's This Is Us. Hmm. All all wrong today. So there you go. What do you think of that one? That sounds promising. Yeah. It sounds could be intriguing. Yeah. yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of into into alternate history things right now. So that, uh, yeah. Yeah, the possibility, yeah. the multiverse of possibilities well, you listen to the date. Obviously, he's yeah. going from a utopia to uh, the beginning of Trump world. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's your choices. One day, all this will be yours. Garbage pail kids, fire bite, and all are wrong today's. So, Carl, we'll, get, we'll hand it off to you first. Where do you want to put your green? Garbage pail kids. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, what's the name of the final one that we went through? All are wrong today. All are wrong today's. That's where I'm putting it all. All right. Steve, where do you put yours? Well, I uh, I don't like that garbage pail kids thing. That's just ridiculous. So I'm going to go with the werewolf pitch that we heard earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I like the last one. I like the... All are wrong todays with another green. Yep. Jeff, where do you put your green light? I like that one, and it's definitely between that one and Someday This Will All Be Yours, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm definitely leaning, I think, more towards Someday This Will All Be Yours. Okay. One day That's, this will all be yours. That one's one, also one green. Day. Yeah. That's all right. Not and, Someday. Uh, Koyston, where do you put yours? Uh, Firebite. Firebite. I like the Aussie supernatural. That's the seller right there. Those we put that on the uh, the flyers, and uh, the ratings are going to go through the roof. There it is. And that leaves two green lights for all our wrong todays. Given that, our official green, moving forward with the Seth MacFarlane piece. Uh, he, he hasn't burned this much before, so it should be a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh... Which oh, one do you th- Seth MacFarlane, shit. Which do you think I is... I thinking Seth Rogen when I hear Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, what do you think's fake? The one I picked. <laughs> All are wrong today? Sounds too damn good. <laughs> right. yeah. That's that, that yeah. quite often happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it, and I think, it, I think it's uh, the fake one. All are wrong today's as well. Jeff? Uh, that's a tough one. Um... Yeah, I think it, it's probably all our wrong today's. Kirsten, where do you think's fake? Sure, I'll put in the vote for that. It, it, I, it's not like I think it. I didn't vote for it because I thought it was bad. I just, no. you know, like the vampire thing. I think, uh, I think it, it, it quite possibly is on the too good to be true scale. And I feel like I had heard some rumors about the garbage pill one before. I was on the toilet and it came up. I, I well, mean, I would, I would tail kids is always going to come one. up when you're on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Even though I didn't vote for it, I would be delighted if it was a real project because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do genuinely like a lot of what Seth MacFarlane has done. I mean, mm-hmm. A Million Ways to Die in the West, I think was a highly underrated film. Yeah. I enjoy. I I've watched it like four or five times, and I've enjoyed the hell out of it every single time. Yeah. Uh, just as one example, and I liked Ted, and I'm, you know, I, I just, I like him branching out into other things, and, you know, let's not forget the Orville. I mean, right. his love letter to Star Trek, which in many ways is just as good, if not better, sometimes, right. than than the more modern Trek, because there do seem to be consequences in his show 
that you know aren't wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end of the you know the end of the episode. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's my thoughts. Andy's also one of the executive producers of the new Cosmos. Andy, that is true. Andy is. How did Andy get that job? I don't know. Uh, you it's know. actually a secret project. Damn. He is in out east. <laughs> it, he's responsible for all the times uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson spills something. Oh. Oh. In that case, I don't feel bad about the Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel bad anyway. <laughs> the real shows are uh oh, Firebite, yeah, Garbage Pail Kids, um, all are wrong today. Oh! Oh! I voted for the only fake one. Yep, the fake pitch. All one day, all this will be yours. Was sent to us by Cynthia Little. Thank you, Cynthia, for nice. writing in. Well done. And uh, if you want to send us uh, monkeys, a pitches bitches, write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. Put pitches bitches in the subject heading, and then in the body, give us your pitch, and then let me know if you don't want me to edit it to to fit what we got here. If you want to play the hard game, I got a pitch for you. Yeah. El Blackado has a return. <laughs> Send it and to me. And he's here for vengeance on everybody. Dude, I want it so bad. Pitch it. Pitch it, pitch it, pitch it. By, by, and it's a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's really funny. He, he goes, Robert Rodriguez. He goes through, he'll, he'll pick up those weird genres. Uh, Tarantino doing a luchador. That would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Any luchador. Yeah. Blackador. Well, yeah, that that's true, too. Tarantino, he has to be black. And it's a 70s flick. Damn right. Damn right. And, Sa and Sam Jackson will appear in it as well. Yeah. Well, he's the yeah. trainer. It's a given. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the Burgess Meredith but, character. Uh, but who, <laughs> you motherfucker better get out there and get on the top rope. <laughs> so, so who, so, but who's the, who is uh, Blackador? Jamie Foxx. No one knows. I think we're no, looking no, at. No, I mean, I mean the actor. No. I mean, no one knows. Still, you're just Michael B. Jordan. Oh, oh. there we go. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. not bad. There you, go. there you go. And who's your blackador? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thank you, Cynthia, for sending us a pitches, bitches. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff, Commander K, Professor Biggs, Big Black, and we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Wow. <laughs> Love you, motherfuckers. Oh, I miss you. Oh, yeah. <sighs> mm, what well, is that sigh for? Probably because he saw the Ubisoft presentation at E3, because that uh. was shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one, but wow. I no, you don't didn't. feel like I missed anything. You missed nothing. Really? I feel like yeah. I missed E3. I, just, I guess I didn't realize what we... Well, I was being shown. Well, yeah, it's, it's, once, it's, once again, it's an all digital thing this yeah. year. It's not an in life okay. thing like, like it used to be. I'm sure that'll come back next year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but the presentations were presentations. For lack of See, I guess word. the thing is, is because everything's so digital and with the play um, play of state, I feel like we're just getting game news all the time now. So when it popped up on my feeds and stuff like that, it didn't even dawn on me that it that we had an event happening. Right, and it, and it is it's it's quieter compared to other E3s in the past. Right, but uh, some are doing it right, some are still doing it wrong. I haven't seen the Capcom one yet, but now, that's what I, I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, I need to know what Capcom's drop. I I've <laughs> been told don't. Oh no! <laughs> because apparently Capcom oh. brought dick. They screwed to this. the pooch? I, well, big surprise. It's Capcom. Capcom's been screwing the pooch for a while. I, 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 I thought that we were going to get an update to... Uh, don't laugh at me. 
Marvel, um, Marvel versus Capcom and Infinite. I was thinking that you know because they like the milk the shit out of that's true. They're fighting games, so I assumed yeah either something for that or a potential hint at a Street Fighter Six. Well, you know Unless what? They're not done milk in five. Sure, maybe. I again, this one I haven't seen yet, but I've been warned off it by many. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> if, if they dropped one of those two, we all it'd be out there. In Geekdom, we'd know about a Marvel game being dropped with them. So people would be comparing it to the Guardians. True. So, and I noticed that we didn't hear from Square Enix. Square Enix sure didn't get no Spider-Man, what's called Avenger Time drop on them. Nope. Still ain't telling us. Right. And didn't they release Spider-Man as an exclusive character for PlayStation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I bought it for the five because I was like, okay. Oh, I bought it for the four. And upgraded it to the five. Um, you know, Spider-Man. Again, if you're going to buy the collector's edition, sure. you want everything you're going to get with your collector's edition. Right. So. <sighs> and the Spider-Man and Miles Morales game were both great. Yeah. yeah, I haven't finished the Miles Morales game. Yet. Okay. I, I just... Packing, so... Sure. But, yeah, God. I mean, they... I mean, before this, it was the Spider-Man 2 game on, what, PlayStation 2 way back when? was the or Xbox. Was the, yeah, <laughs> was the bellwether for Spider-Man games. Oh, no. and yeah, not the new th- Spider-Man knocked it out of the park. Completely. Mm. And j- just so you know, my trophy hunting friend. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you do. What? Uh-oh. It yep. is when you get your PS5. Uh-huh. Is you make sure you buy the Miles Morales on the PS5 that comes with the digital version of Spider-Man. Then you take your Spider-Man disc and you load it in there. Loads in all your saves and repops a whole new set of those trophies for you. <laughs> you are a trophy <laughs> hunter through and through. I'm a trophy son of a bitch. I just, I just have one question. Did did Scopely have an announcement of just how much they're going to annoy their Star Trek Fleet Command players going forward? Yes, Scopely did have an announcement. I, I, in fact, I have it right here. It says... Uh, Fuck big. Steve big can go to hell. <laughs> Give us all your money, you cheapskate. That's that's what uh, they had to say. Oh, good. Well, they're screwed then. <laughs> so this, is this the mobile game? The yeah. Star Trek mobile uh, game? I haven't oh, played it. I keep seeing it, and I just haven't... It, I don't play many mobile games. Nor still should have, you! I haven't, come, I haven't jumped on board to believe that mobile... Excuse me. Mobile games are actual games they're just they're, they're time sinks they're, they're, yeah. they're dopamine buttons yep. yeah that's yes. all they are and, it's and, true and fleet command it's like any of those empire builders starts off great you're you're leveling up you're building stuff and then you get to certain levels and you can't go any further without buying the in-app purchases yep. and the ones on that particular game Sure, they'll start you out with a couple of five dollar or ten dollar. Oh hell no, They're, that that's a price already that I'm not willing to do. Right, yeah. And so here's the here's the chilling challenge. Then once you buy that five dollar and that ten dollar, they vanish forever. And then you have the twenty dollar, and that vanishes forever. And then all you're left with are the forty nine ninety nine and the ninety nine ninety nine. Are you still playing? Oh this? my god, that's I'm, a great question. You know what? I knew Jeff it. said it. He's got money. Some <laughs> bitch. No, that's the thing. I I try not to go for those things. Every now and then they get me though. Every now and then they have a special deal where they actually do throw 
like the next thing that I was like, God dang it, fifty bucks, but it will give me enough to do <laughs> to do that. Fifty bucks is a sons of bitches. That's a AAA game. Yeah, really. I'm just surprised because I knew they had the fifty dollar perks in there, but I had no idea that it went up to a hundred. Yeah. Most yeah, of them I, do. I'm Most of them do now. Yeah. now. And, wow. And that's actually the the more common price point. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Even the fifty dollar ones are They've few and far them. between. They've got those people by the short hairs. Yeah, and I just, Man. I just don't. So I just sit there and grind away. Mm, mobile, boy, this, mobile this. games. Stop saying that. Mobile apps. <laughs> no, <laughs> th- th- there's a difference between apps and games when it comes okay. down to it. Because there are some decent apps out there that are just functional stuff. Fair enough. You know, music apps or whatever. We're talking mobile games. Okay, are a weird, unregulated mess and have been for ages. So much so that they have gotten away with advertising their games with features that don't exist in those games. Yep. If if you're playing free-to-play games, you will see ad after ad after ad Mm -hmm. showing gameplay of games. Mm -hmm. And if you download that game, that gameplay is not in that game at all. No. And they're able to get away with it because government business is so busy putting out larger fires they don't have time to go after this misadvertisement of these mo- free-to-play mobile games so every mobile game is basically a pay-to-play the, yeah of course it, they're no they're they're free to play <laughs> yeah i enjoy zombie to, gunship no yeah. they're free to download <laughs> yeah they're free to download they're free to download yeah, yeah. that's that's now, it. now yeah. on the on the other end todd yeah this whole five dollars ten dollars and then it goes away Mm-hmm. You know, it never comes back. Yeah. I think that's a great idea for our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> like only only so many people can get the five dollar exactly. and then it disappears. So many. Why so many? <laughs> yeah. Just the one guy, the yeah. first lucky person. You know, Jake Jake will get that one dollar tier and, and then, that, that one's yeah. gone. That's gone. And then, and then you got the five dollar tier. Gets the five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. I will say the risk global domination. That's been fun. I have found... And how much have you sunk into that? Oh, hardly anything. Ten bucks at most, and I've been playing it for <laughs> two or three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. When it comes to app games, I have learned that you get what you pay for. And I'm not talking about... I'm talking pre-download. If, if, you, if it's free to download... You're going to get shit, and you're going to get a crappy thing that's going to engage your dopamine need without feeding it, and the only way to feed it is to pay them. Mm-hmm. If you pay for your game, you're going to get an actual game. Okay. Like Terraforming Mars. Right. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. So I, I just, just buy your goddamn games. Ignore the free-to-play shit. Except for the risk. Risk is actually really Except good. for zombie gunship. That's lots of fun. <laughs> I, I just, I am not, I have not moved over yet to the mobile game world. Uh, nor, just, frankly, nor should you. I, I have a few games on my pad. Uh, and I, uh, there's one that I've played forever, and I know it's a time waster, but I've spent no money on it in all the time that I've had it. So, and that's Marvel Puzzle Quest. It's something that I, I play. I can't even get it now. I think they took it off the market. Did they? I, yeah. I, I know they did on the PlayStation. I looked and looked my kids got it to some bastard. it's probably if it's uh, it's on your mobiles easily he, it's oh, still he there used to play i, I he probably still does but he used to play that relentlessly while he was watching tv i i, <laughs> I play it when i when i watch the news so i listen yep. to the news and i play the game yep. it's the only thing i can do both at because i have a bad attention span 
Yeah. But, the, but the game is mindless enough that I can listen and absorb the news and still have something to do with my hands. Okay. Uh, but I'm it, looking because I assumed it was gone yeah. from. It's fun. It's I think it's worthwhile because it, I have played it without any money. But it's one of those things that if you want to get deep into it, they'll be glad to take your money if you want to advance faster. Yep. But Oh, wait. So I'm going to have to sink some money into it at some point? Nope. It's all, it all depends on, on you yeah. and what you want. <laughs> he just pushed the get button as soon as you said nope. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. It will give you options to pay, but you don't have to. Yeah. And the only reason I spent money on the Risk game was just to open up uh, new maps. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the boards and the pinball effects. That's the thing. You're yeah. stuck if you don't. You're stuck playing the same old thing if you don't pay the money. Yeah, but it's it's been. I mean, they have a Las Vegas game, a Las Vegas map. So oh, nice. Yeah, and that's tons of fun. I I almost always try to end up in you know with the last army moving into Red Rock or something like that or <laughs> Boulder Boulder City. But well, that's understandable. It's it's pretty nice over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah takes over Lake Mead relatively quick. I wouldn't mind a little <laughs> property. If I have to join your army to get it, that's fine. You mean, <laughs> you, you mean the dry lake bed that will soon be in <laughs> <laughs> oh, And we'll be able to find all the bodies that Steve's army has put there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs>